Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 72 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast starring what? Stephen Hill and my beautiful co-host, Mr. Renfrey Dedman. I think that must be the first and only time you'll ever refer to me as beautiful. You're beautiful. <laughs> it's true. It, I saw your face. In a crowded room. Fucking disgrace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a bit harsh. No, sorry, mate. It is a bit harsh. Uh, how are you, mate? You all right? Yes. It's Christmas still. Yeah. It's Christmas last week. Yeah. Even more Christmas now. <laughs> Closer to Christmas. Yeah. Closer to Jeebus' birthday. And um, I've eaten a lot of chocolate. Right. Uh, and that's about it, really. That's what I have to report. You know, normally we do some sort of gig review. We're talking about the news and stuff. Because it's so close to Christmas, everyone sort of just gr- winds down. I think, you know, tomorrow I'm going to see the Cavaleras. Ooh. Doing stuff from uh, Beneath the Remains and Arise. Oh, hello. Lovely stuff. Should be good. New Sepultura album next year. That'd yeah, be there is. Well, do you know what? I listen to the new, <laughs> we can talk about this if you want. I listened to the new Sepultura song. It's fucking great. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Really, really good. And a new Silosis song. Mm-hmm. New Silosis is out. Really, really good. So if you like metal, we were sort of bemoaning metal a little bit uh, last, well, all year pretty much. Um, but there's two really good metal songs that have just come out this week. Oh, so, good. Or the last week. Really good. Do you want to say anything? No, not really. I just feel like we should get on with it. Yeah, we? sure. Okay, so um, last week, Renfrey and I began um, our countdown of the best albums of 2019. We, we did 20 to 11, and you can listen to that right now. Um, oh, we should say our friends at Musicism. Obviously, our good friends at Musicism are um, integral to helping this podcast happen. We love them, and we would kiss them open mouth at just the first available opportunity would Ooh, Renfrey naughty little spaniel Um, (laughs) uh, they do courses online tutorials for budding singers songwriters guitarists producers people who want to improve their skills in music and it costs £9.99 a month to get involved to become a member and if you put the code right in capital letters into the checkout you can get 25% off and that feels like a pretty good bloody deal if you ask me Christmas come here (laughs) <laughs> um, that didn't sound open mouth. <laughs> how do you how do you do an open? How do you like? Uh, horrible, I horrible. I don't. I think it'll put listeners off. So yeah, sorry, I just do don't that. Think we should do it. Um, anyway, so as I said last week, we did twenty to eleven from our best records of two thousand nineteen, which means today we finish up numbers ten to number one. Um, before we do that, Renfrey, I'm going to throw this at you. As just to see how good you are, you've done impro before, haven't you? I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's see how you roll with this. The most disappointing albums of 2019. Oh, what? Um, Not the worst, because I was thinking, what's the worst album I've heard this year? And I think because I'm on a, a podcast of significantly higher quality than I have been before, um, I <laughs> I've not been subjected to so many abysmal records this year that we've reviewed. I think we've gone out of our way to avoid the sort of stuff that I know irks me so mm. i don't really have anything that i think has been out and out there's been a couple the coldplay album is bad really bad would you say it's one of the worst of mm, the year no i mean it's pretty bad and i would say the blink 182 album stood out for me it is of course d- just horrible horrible record um, um but so, so i sort of changed it to, to most disappointing it's a it's a hard one to say disappointing because obviously they've not I, I i'm gonna say the black album by weezer um just because it looked like there might be a trajectory of them getting better again 
after the White Album. And as I said, I quite liked Pacific Daydream, even yeah. though it's, you know, it's, it's, it's better than the Teal Album. The Black Album. Well, yeah, the Black Album. And the, I th- somebody, I saw a tweet from someone saying the Teal Nonsense. Album is the album made this decade with the least amount of artistic integrity and the least amount of artistry put into it made in the entire decade. And I thought, yeah, it's probably right, actually. Uh, Karaoke, innit? It's just like Rivers Cuomo goes to a karaoke and sings the most obvious songs. Yeah, but you know, you play the instruments as well. It's like band karaoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure about that. It's good marketing. That's all yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still sticking with that yeah. line. It's great marketing. Mm. People didn't care about Weezer, and then people cared about Weezer again overnight. And they, and they released a dreadful record, which was a bloody <laughs> yeah. shame. But yeah. there you go. Um, yeah, maybe the Weezer one. Um, God, I don't know what else. Uh, I don't know what 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 are you saying. Well, the obvious ones. There's two pretty obvious ones for me. Um, refused war music. Okay, the bar is still very high for Refused. You know, I think that album's bad, pretty bad, um, especially for Refused. Um, but it's got a kind of couple of alright songs on it. But that's not. It doesn't feel like enough for me mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but i would say probably that for me the most disappointing record for something which you know i didn't really have massively high hopes for it because i wasn't into that the eps particularly but you know we've talked about them a lot and live i was always impressed with them uh, but it's got to be fever 333 for me mm. uh, i think you know it's um the more i listen to that record the more i dislike it mm. and one of the most divisive records of the year yeah, by far and i mean I, there there is you know, I, I expected it to be quite a lot of kind of cod radiance machine, quite simplistic and quite well produced. You know, the John Feldman production, which I've spoken about a lot, is not something I enjoy. But I mean, for me, it's. Ugh, I think Inglewood is there. There, there, there is no defense for Inglewood. There I is like it. there is no there is no mm. defense for that song. There cannot be any level of defense it's just it's just the it's the stinkiest stink of the 2019 that song i think it's good <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah it's, you know, it, it's it, not ricky martin mate i'm kind of su- am i surprised i'm sort of surprised that um people have been so divisive with fever 333 and i'm i'm wondering where it comes from i guess it is it just because um very it's passionate pedi- people love the bands that yeah, those it's, guys it's used to be the in. the pedigree of the members. And yeah. I think it feels like... And the fact that, you know, I mean, I saw them at Download last year and I thought they were brilliant. They, look, you know, they, like, are, an, um, they are an amazing live band. Mm, I, I, I really do think that. They were really, really good. And I heard the EP, I think we talked about the the second EP, didn't we? Was it the second or the first EP? The Made in America? No, that's their first that's EP. That's their first EP, okay. Um, so they're an EP. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, mm. But you know, I heard the first, yeah, I heard the song, and then heard the EP, and I was like, the EP's got, it's not great, and it's not really, I'm not that excited about it musically, but it had a lot of energy, and I thought, well, if they can write some songs, mm. great, and I think they've actually the songs on the EP are better than the songs on the record. I do prefer the EP, definitely. Yeah. I think they wrote, um, hmm, I think there are more songs on the album than on the, <laughs> not not as in there's ten songs on the album and seven songs on the EP, but I think there are more, they're more song like if that mm. makes sense. Mm. Um, I just don't think it went in the direction that you plus a lot of other people, let's be honest, wanted it to go in because uh, it was a very kind of, I mean, people keep saying that they're, a, you know, they're basically a pop band, which I do think is a bit ridiculous to, to, to call them a 
pop band. They have they're not a pop, pop band. No, they? they have poppy elements, definitely, yeah. and you know, but. I mean, we've said this before, like, like let live had poppy elements. Mm. Um, they maybe integrated them better and in a more interesting way. Mm. I definitely agree with that, mm. as I just said it. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, they are, they, I, I guess because they have done so well so quickly, not many bands uh, play the forum on their first album, do no, they? No. And, you know, and it doesn't look like it's going to go away. I mean, you've got 333 records now, haven't you? Yeah. Um, and you know, they've just signed like Nova Twins who were doing, um, who played that Brain Stew cover with them when I yeah. saw them at the forum yeah. and things like that. And we, you know, I'm sure, I think we'll probably review that. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, I think I've, it's I've worth reviewing. to that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. for next year, obviously. But yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I mean, they're not going away, mm. <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, which, no. which also means let live aren't coming back. No, so no, no, no. That's no. the other thing, isn't it? <laughs> no. I wouldn't. Uh, I never would have expected it though. No, anyway, but anyway. that's for me. So you'd say we's the biggest disappointment of the year? Probably. Mm. I mean, off the top of my head, yes. There's probably other ones, but how about because I'm presuming? I, well, I know this won't be in either our top our top twenty. Ammo by Bring Me the Horizon. Big records. Um, very divisive. Hot potato of a mm. record. Mm. Got them their first UK number one. Mm-hmm. End up headlining, you know, all points east, which you can say that oh, didn't sell very well, and they gave a ticket, blah 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 blah. They still did it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that was that's what it will say in the, you know, on the on festival posters when you look back at them historically. Yeah. Um, Ammo by Bring Me the Horizon. We were sort of a bit like the record. We were kind of up and down with it. A little <laughs> yeah. Bit. Um, are you asking me? Is it was it disappointing for me? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, disappointing or were you disappointed? Well, yeah. I, I guess just looking back, I'm just sort. Of, I picked a couple of the records that were kind of big talking points of the year. For me, not massively because I've never been a massive Bring Me fan, even during um, There Is a Hell and Semper Eternal and Suicide Season. Mm. Um, I will absolutely. I think Semper Eternal is a fantastic record from a band who I don't care all that much for i think there is a hell has some amazing amazing bits on it as well but that's about as far as i go with bring me so they've never really uh been in my wheelhouse i've never really been i just i've just never really been bothered by them so so to say was i disappointed by it no not particularly if anything Mm. i think i probably liked it more than i expected to yeah now funnily enough i went back to it quite recently okay and i i I like it. Like I do. There's so there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot on it that I don't really care for. Yeah. But I actually find myself like. I mean, there's a lot of. I've seen a lot of people saying, "Oh God, I really love that spirit," and now they've gone really poppy on ammo. I think that ammo's far heavier. Uh, yeah, than that's yeah, 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 yeah. Far, far that's heavier. A, that seems like um, silly and thing, so. far better as far as I'm concerned. I think yeah. you know, happy song off of that spirit is really good. I think you know, thrones really good as well on that yeah, spirit. Thrones the um, one. And Drown is really good as well. I thought the singles from that spirit are quite good and nothing else. But I think there's actually bits like Nihilist Blues was one that I was like, whoa, I'm not sure about this originally. That's grown on me quite a lot. I think the song, the, the trolling song, Heavy Metal, mm-hmm. as much as it is like Kid on the Gram with a Black Dahlia tank and, you know, that's <laughs> uh, a silly thing to do. But the song, you know, you can't argue with. And Danny Filth turning up, lovely stuff. It's actually a pretty, pretty decent mainstream rock record i think yeah i guess so. i i guess so i mean i i have not returned to it okay. since since we reviewed it and uh did it come out january it was, it was early february i think okay so i feel Very i feel like early february i've I, I mean i've not returned to it at all I'm not massively interested in returning to it mm. and but i don't dislike it i don't 
hate it. And much like you, there were bits that I thought were great, bits which I thought were just meh. Yeah, yeah. fair. Okay, yeah. good. Right, well, um, let's crack on. All right. Let's do the thing. Um, you, you, start, you start first last week. I did start first last week. So do you want to start first this week? Well, I think it makes sense to continue down that vein of you. Well, it might do. It, it might not. But let's see. All right. Okay. No, I will. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Um, number 10 for me. This actually goes to show, I think, how good this year has been. I think I said last week when we got to number 13 for me, which was the national, from here on in, it is like really, really great records. Um, I was very vocal when we reviewed this record about how I basically kind of insinuated that it had a great shot of being my favorite record of the year at the time and listening back to it you know it's ended up being number 10 I listened back to it in the sort of build-up to this and I was like my god I've been gone a couple of months without listening to it it is absolutely brilliant um so Teeth of the Sea Wraith oh is my number 10 um like I say could have been my number one in a, in, a, in a lot of years because uh having gone back to it like i did get a couple of months out listening to it having gone back to it um i just remembered what an amazing trip it is you know it's predominantly i would say i mean i i consider it to be an instrumental record yeah i'd Even, say broadly it is yeah it? there are some kind of female vocals that sit not like backing vocals but the stuff that sit kind of to the side or you know towards the, the sort of a little bit further back in the mix yeah and are not the dominant thing of the songs that they're featured in particularly especially not throughout the entire track but um it just mixes a lot of stuff which i find really really fascinating and interesting a lot of things you know like i think i compared it to sort of apex twin mixed with ishan or something when, when when we reviewed it yeah and it's a really odd record and a very difficult one to describe isn't it is it? a really yeah. odd one to describe yeah. because it is kind of for me it's sort of techie prog because it does have those tone those textures and tones of what tech metal is but there's nothing metal about it at all i mean there's literally nothing metal about this no. record at all in fact there's not even that much which is at all guitar driven about this record it's very much a kind of electronic record i think i mean yeah i was gonna say showing our age but i think if you came across this in hmv it would probably be in the electronic section yeah i think so Absolutely. i would have thought yeah so, but yeah. then it's got this brass section in it which yeah, yeah. it's just you know it's a really odd mix of kind of um jazz and broken electronics and kind of tech prog song structures yes um it's brilliant like the song visitor which is the sort of the well it's the fifth song so there's fifth out of nine so it's literally the midpoint yes the middle the the centerpiece of the entire record it just takes you so many different places mm, and mm. if you put it on again with headphones i would suggest listening to this record if you oh, can yeah. on a very good sound system um uh, particularly on a on a good pair of headphones if you, if you can um it's like an unbelievably immersive ex like experience i you listen to that walking down the street if you've got 10 minutes just to walk down somewhere with that on you, it, the way you, you know, I always say like those albums can kind of change the way you walk. Mm -hmm. You walk in about 10 different paces and styles and lollops and throughout doing it because it just builds so slowly and it comes into crescendo and then it 
takes another turn and it turns. And it's just a really like it's a really surprising record. I haven't listened to it a lot. A lot. There are records on this, you know, this list that I've listened to loads. But mm. every time I listen to it, I'm just completely transfixed by it mm. for the mm. entirety of it. And it's not a you know, it's not a short, it's about 50 minutes or so. It's, it's not about a, that, yeah. Mm. It's not an easy listen either, mm. is it? It's mm. quite, there's something, um, there's a pervading air of kind of menace yeah, or dread. dread. Yeah. Mm. Um, which, I, I mean, it's a, I have to say it's a record. I brought it in, actually, for you the catch-up yeah. thing, didn't I? But, like, it's a record that I, I, I if I'm honest, I'm ad- I admire more than I love. Mm. Um, and I think it is because, I mean, maybe I've not really fancied listening to too many dready records this year i don't know but um i I think it is a brilliant piece of work and just the fact that we find it so difficult to describe is often the sign of a great interesting record at the very least which is exactly what we want to cover on this absolutely i i you know it was not something i've never sort of had to come out and review electronic music or talk about how i think about things that are really outside of rock and metal which is why I like doing this. You know, it's cool yeah. to be able to do this because I couldn't really do that before that much. Um, but sort of trying then what you realize is that when you do get an album as weird as this, yeah, uh, you then sort of go, I don't even know if I'm qualified to know how to even begin to speak about this record. Because well, this is, yeah. it is such a fucking, you know, there will be people who know all about jazz mm. who will be able to mm. say, well, that's a bit Charlie Parker or that's mm. a bit mm-hmm. like Duke Ellington or whatever. Yeah. Whereas I can't do that. And yeah. I can't even, I can do it a bit more with electronic sort of stuff. And I can kind of see how the line could be drawn to, you know, them playing Art Tangent or, or whatever. Yeah, which they have done. Which they have done. Um, I think. But uh, it all feels like this kind of, big jumble of stuff which i'm aware, more aware of rather than have both feet firmly planted into so that for me is an exciting thing and yeah i just really fucking loved listening to this album yeah. and actually really not only have i loved listening to it because it's been good i really loved listening to it and being like i really like something which is just so far away from when people go oh you're that dude who likes sick of it all yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, it's far away from your comfort zone, I guess. Yeah, it's really far. It's really quite far away from what I would normally listen to. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's a fascinating record, and I implore everyone to check it out and listen to it. And there are going to be a lot of people who are just not into it, and that, and you'll probably you can probably figure that out in the first three tracks, I reckon. Yeah, um, but yeah, that will be twenty minutes of your life. <laughs> yeah, 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 they, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, but um, no, it's a really fascinating record, and it's a very um, yeah difficult one to pigeonhole, mm. which is uh, always a good thing. I but find. It, it is great. It does. It's great. Uh, yeah. That's Wraith by Teeth of the Sea. My number ten. Okie dokie. Okay. Well, my number ten. Um, I mean, I said that I don't like, uh, haven't listened to many sort of difficult records this year. Although this is going to be a bit of a juxtaposition to that because my number 10 is uh, Caligula by Lingua Ignota. Okay. Now, uh, it's a very, very curious thing indeed having to put an album like Lingua Ignota into your albums of the year list, Mm. I find. Uh, An album, the majority of which I do not enjoy listening to at all. Mm. Um, I... um, despise listening to a lot of this album which sounds like an absolutely crazy thing to say but it's because it's sort of a stark um reminder of the sort of male uh 
toxicity that is uh, prevalent in our society and a kind of I think if um I think I said this during the review but I think if art is meant to be some form of kind of empathy machine I can't really think of many other pieces of art at all that are more powerful or more prescient than Caligula mm. by Lingua Ignota. Um, it's opened my eyes to wider kind of physical and psychological um, torture, I think, that's dealt out mainly by men towards women. I mean, it does go the other way as well, but let's face it, the majority is men towards women. Um, and the debilitating effects that masculine toxic, uh, toxicity and dominance and control can have over women. And obviously with things like, um, you know, the Me Too movement and things like that, I think the Me Too movement was a very stark kind of, um, it opened a lot of men's eyes. I, I don't know how you felt about this. We've not really talked about it, but the stark thing with the Me Too movement for me was just realizing how many of my friends how many of my female friends felt like they had had sexual abuse at some point in their lives i mean that was the really like difficult thing to kind of, it was a difficult thing to face and to deal with mm. and then i think this <clears throat> just throws that kind of that sort of it makes it, it makes me it, this album makes me fucking furious that this kind of thing happens because it is so stark and raw and it is so bare and it, it, it is it just it just I, I i've probably i've probably only heard this record maybe 20 times but it must be the the, the record that i've listened to the least in this whole list easily but I think it needs to be acknowledged because I can't think of anything that I've listened to which has sort of affected me more. Um, and we had a conversation off mic. Yeah. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but we had a conversation off mic where with Lingua Ignota, you were sort of like, it's a difficult one because I think you either put it in your albums of the year and you put it at number one or you don't put it in at all. Mm. <laughs> and I, I was really conflicted as to what to do with that because it didn't feel like I could put in a record that I barely listen to if i'm totally honest at number one but i do think records like this have to be um talked about and i think they have to be put out there and uh, acknowledged and number 10 seemed like a decent spot to put it because you know it's the beginning of this part of the podcast and it you know it's it's uh it seems it seems like a good place to highlight it i suppose um i think like some of the just some of the lyrical couplets on here are just like, I am the best friend you'll ever have. All this is meaningless without me, you know, or who will love you if I won't, who will fuck you if I don't. Just mm. shows like the sheer power and dominance and control that can, that can be had over, over people. And it's, it's an absolutely sickening and disgusting thing, which... I feel I feel this album has allowed me to empathize more or sympath maybe sympathize is a better word I don't know but I feel like it's brought me closer to friends of mine who have gone through those things because I've been able to um 
understand it maybe a little bit better. And I'm trying, I'm sort of skirting around this a little bit because I don't want to give the impression that like, oh, well, I've heard this album, so I know what it's like now. But it sort of feels like the closest you could get maybe without actually that happening. Mm. And I think the manner in which it it takes such a dark, disturbing subject and makes it so OTT with its, um, I mean, I described, I I said it was like a Greek tragedy, you know, when we were covering it. And um, I think that that could seem like a really um, to take to take emotions that are so raw and so stark and then to deliver them in a really over the top fashion could seem like a disrespectful thing to do. But somehow it, that is not what has happened with this record. It's, it's just elevated those emotions even more and makes you feel it even more. And I think it's a I think it's a really, really important um sometimes sometimes beautiful record you yeah. know sometimes it's really really beautiful it's really odd but um it's those stark contrasts between the sort of fucking death dealer stuff and then just these beautiful passages where there's all these choral uh, layered vocals and she's you know singing basically about killing her tormentor but it's but it's sung in the most beautiful angelic kind of way it's 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 a it's an absolutely phenomenal piece of work and it needs to be talked about Mm. so i had to put it in somewhere and this seems like the best place to do it okay that's your number 10 Mm, that's my number 10 feels like we need to lighten the mood a little bit with my number (laughs) nine and i will do that with what has been one of the most divisive records of the year for both of us but so much fun. Number nine for me, Dinosaur Pileup, Celebrity Mansions. Um, Brent, for your face. <laughs> yeah, gone yeah. from that. My face. Into this. Uh, <laughs> it seems like kind of perfect in a lot of ways. Um, I, I, I don't really uh, have anything kind of new to say about this record that I didn't say um, in the review when we did it. I just think... It's the most fun. It's it's the most fun record of the year. Like I spoke last week about Bob Mould and the Wild Hearts and Nervous and the Menzingers and Puppy and Pup and we've got Danger Face up here as well. I think the Bocassa records are loads of fun as well. And there's there's been um you know there's been loads of really really cool. But like again Bellevue Days, you know there's been loads of really cool just rock albums that have come out this year. Just kind of cool alternative rock albums. But for me. Uh, there's something <laughs> so swaggeringly um, cheeky and almost bordering on obnoxious to what Dinosaur Pileup have done on this record. And that's why I can kind of see why someone like you mm. might go, come on. But I actually love how bratty this record is. Mm. It's bratty. It's kind of, it's tongue in cheek obnoxious, but it's, it can be fairly obnoxious at times. Mm. It's about drinking. It's about going out and doing dumb things. It's a it's a big dumb rock record essentially. Uh, but you know, so's Americana. So's Dookie. Um, you know, so are so many fucking great records. So is Pure by Three Colors Red. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like so many great records have been made that are just 
just fun. You know, this reminds me of 19... I said it at the time, you know, it's 1977 by Ash. It's um, the Blue Album or and Parts Pink. Or, well, maybe going up to kind of more modern Weezer as well. If the Red Album or, you know, Rat, Ratitude had as many fucking good songs as this does, then I don't think people would be going, oh, God, Weezer every time they release a new album. Because, mm. you know... Professional Freak sounds like Silverchair. It's just, you know, and they're not a new band, but they, to me, this sounds like a bunch of 15-year-olds kind of doing their first... And that might sound like an insult, like, you know, playing the first songs that they ever wrote. But I kind of love that about Dinosaur Pile Up. Like, I've gone back and listened to um, their other stuff, and some people have been a bit kind of snotty about this record. So some of their fan base, I know, are, like, really very disappointed with this record because the oh, other really? stuff was a bit more worthy and it was, like, proper kind of a bit darker, sort of Nirvana-style alternative rock. And, nature-nurture. Nature-nurture. <laughs> um, and, you know, I get it. I get it. But the thing is, is I don't actually think they're as good at that stuff. As they are at this stuff. Yeah. Uh, thrash metal cassette is just about driving a car really fast and listening to thrash metal. Um, stupid uh, heavy metal, broken hearted loser punk is that's what it is. That's what this that that's this whole album. You know, it's about staying up till four in the morning and playing music too loud in a flat that you knew of people that you've never that you've met that night and just acting like a fucking dick for a little bit. <laughs> and you know. <laughs> although i don't do that very much anymore myself um well, i don't at all actually that. i don't at all actually no. but like you know these songs are just i think every single one of them is great as well black limousine round the bend pouring get like they're all brilliant but for me particularly i know you hate it but it is the new it is the closest thing we've had to beverly hills by weezer or pretty fly for a white guy backfoot is mm. one of my absolute favourite songs of the year. It's just so fucking dunderheadedly, clunkily, like gormlessly stupid. It's like Fat Lip or something. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. And it, and you know, I like Fever for the Flavour by Hot Action Cop. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I like uh, the you know the the Bad Touch by the Bloodhound Gang. Um, oh, I like one. I, yeah, yeah. I like One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies mm-hmm. and. I always go, ah, I only need a little bit of that. But no one makes those songs anymore. And Dinosaur Pileup have made an entire album of those songs. And some people might go, huh, it's not cool. Oh, and, and pretend that they don't like Limbiscuit, right? But you do, right? You do. And I'm just admitting that I do. And, I, you know, I, I would love to sort of, I, I could have put this, you know, way down the list and picked even one of these bands. I could have picked Pup and been more worthy, you know, and more like, oh, it's actually, you know, it's it's a darker record underneath and there's more layers to it and blah, blah, blah. It's like, That's nah. what I did. Yeah, I know you did. I know. And you're right. And you're right. You're absolutely yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But I cannot sit here and lie to you and yeah. tell you that, A, I've listened to the Pup album more and B, that I like it more. I like the Dinosaur Pilot album more. And when the week we reviewed it, we did the Dinosaur, we did dinosaur Pile Up, Baroness and St. Pierre's Snake Invasion, right? All of which are great records, right? And I said at the time, I think Dinosaur Pilot's my favourite one. And you went, well, it comes to me at the end of the year. It has ended up being <laughs> the highest placed on this of list. Of those three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So not only do I prefer it to all those albums that came out that week, I prefer it to like <laughs> the Wild Arts and the National. And do you know what I mean? Like there are some fucking great records that this is, this is above. But I just don't think you can argue with, I don't know, man, like... 
you you need that. I think you need albums like this. You need albums that are just really, really good fun. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, yeah, I think it's just a, I think it's a taste thing. Okay. Oh, do you know if 1977 by Ash came out today, it would sound. I think it would sound like this. Mm. And good God, did I love Ash when I was a kid. Mm. You know, I I knew that Ash were never going to be my favorite band or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if you put 1977 on now and I'm around, or you put on Regular Urban Survivors by Terrorvision, or if you put on, you know, I'm trying to think of ones that are not as critically lauded. You know, bands that people liked at the time that weren't as critical, like Joyrider, bands like like Brit Rock. Mm-hmm. Brit rock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just love all that stuff. I just fucking love it. And Dinosaur Pileup have just, they've just nailed all of those 90s alt rock bands. And they've done it with this kind of really sort of snarky, sarky, obnoxious 2010s attitude. It's fucking great. It's brilliant. And I'm kind of gutted that they're clashing with Max and Eagle doing oh, yeah. Roots, uh, doing um, Beneath the Remains and Arise tomorrow, because... Oh, it's all right. I'll go tomorrow and I'll just stand at the back with my hands crossed. <laughs> Play no, a 15-minute-long instrumental. <laughs> Look, I, I cannot deny that this record is done um, immensely well, and uh, I definitely said some stuff at the time that we reviewed it where I was like, this record's going to be forgotten about, surely. And that has not happened. I'm mm. holding my hands up. And I am saying I was wrong in that premonition. So fair enough. Um, I feel like I should return to it. I haven't at all. Um, I probably should have returned to it before doing this, actually, because maybe who knows? Could you you probably one. assumed that it wasn't going to be in here, right? Yeah. 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 yeah right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Fine. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I yeah, I, I, I when I say I think it's a taste thing, it is, it is that obnoxious thing. It's like you're either you're either going to be with that or you're going to be against it. But I get it. I knew it was going to be in here anyway. So, you know. Yeah, well, from when I put it up on the- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, I guess that's a different thing. Like, I am fairly obnoxious. That's true. And you're quite nice. That's, that's thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the old pendulum swing, that's how we... That's how you, that's how you can tell us apart, guys. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm the nice one. Uh, yeah, Celebrity Mansions by Dinosaur Pileup, my number nice. nine. Okay, uh, my number nine is um, one of yours from last week, The National. I am easy to find. Um, you spoke very eloquently last week about how certain albums come to you at a time when you feel like you need them, mm. and I could not agree with you more when it comes to this record. I think the um, very strong female presence on this record is something that whether consciously or subconsciously has probably um enveloped both of us this year mm. um and i think you know you've got lisa hannigan sharon van Oth- van etten uh, yeah. mina tiddle gail and dorsey and kate stables all on this record and the beautiful thing about it is they feel like true collaborations as opposed to just guest spots yeah. the manner in which they interweave their vocals with matt behringer's vocals i mean i don't know if they did do this but it it feels like they must have been in the studio with the it feels like they must have created the songs with the national and i don't i don't think that is the case actually but it does have that feel to it because they feel so integral to those songs sometimes you have a guest spot you know guest spots are cool and stuff but you could often take them away 
and you wouldn't lose too much. Mm. If you took away the female presence from this album, you would lose so much. And actually, I think it's a big part of the reason why it's my favourite national album as well, um, because it gives you more of a juxtaposition. Yeah, now you said that. Yeah. Uh, I, You know, it makes a, a lot of sense. I mean, it's such a... I think, like I said last week, it's such a... Um, a, not just a journey but it's it's an, you are enveloped on this journey so mm. deeply you're invested in it so heavily that i kind of when i spoke about it last week you bringing that up like you're absolutely right you know obviously the story is you know the story of life isn't it it's somebody's yeah. life the yeah. birth to the um to the death and and uh you know based on the short film which was based on the music that the national created for short like it's this weird kind of uh what they called russian doll yeah of, yeah yeah of of influence that that's had a, um that, that's kind of been its creation and it's you know um but yeah the the female parts of it are something which because everything all of it feels like such a big world i last week when i was talking about it i didn't go to pick out certain elements of it because it all just felt so you know like i say like you you are just totally sucked into it all. And it didn't just feel like, oh, that's the story of this girl. It felt like that's that house. You can fucking, it's one of those that like, you can smell where they are. You can, yeah, you can taste you can it. Ta- and you yeah, can feel really. it. It, it. I mean, yes, I totally agree. It's, it's, it's a really epic record. Um, mm. You know, somewhat in length, it's 63 minutes, but also just there's so much in it there's so much to unpack in it and i found that you mentioned not in kansas last week yeah. wonderful song and definitely i think probably was my favorite upon first hearing it but my favorite song on this record has changed several times at one point or another it's been not in kansas oblivions the pull of you hey rosie i'm easy to find so far so fast hairpin turns it's changed half a dozen times at least and i think that is always the sign of a really really good record um i think at the moment i'd probably have to go with light years as my favorite it's the final track on the record which is this great song this beautiful piano ballad which just completely tears me apart basically um you're but there's so much to sort of take in and so much to assimilate on this record that you can be listening to it for months and months and months and suddenly you'll hear a, a, a line or a harmony or an organ part that you'd never noticed before. And then that just makes you totally fall in love with that song and you realise that that song's actually amazing. Um, it makes me really, really sad, this record, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it makes me really sad. Um, i does... I'm laughing at that. No, 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 no it's like, fine, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, it makes me really sad, but in the most sort of cathartic, bittersweet way, because it makes me pine for things that um, I can no longer have, and yet somewhat grateful that I once had them. And um, I think it's, and there's going to be other records which do that actually, which will come up. But I think, I think. Um, being reminded of that kind of thing is really important. And the national I'm easy to find is a really stark reminder of that for me. Yeah. And that's why it's a, an incredibly important album to me personally mm-hmm. this year and to you as well. Yeah. I think. Yeah, really. I mean, you know, um, 
it wasn't as high up, but it's still it probably. You know, it seems silly going a dinosaur pile up's <laughs> better than that. <laughs> oh well, it's not really, but oh, well. you know, uh, uh, just what I've been listening to. And speaking of things, so yeah, number nine, the national. Uh, I am easy to find is your number nine. My number eight. Now, okay, right. Who saw this coming this fucking early? Tall. Fear Inoculum is my number eight. The best band ever. Still, I'm having it, probably. Like, you know, the best band ever. And that's U2's fault for releasing so many bad albums over the last 15 <laughs> years, because it would have been them if they'd have stopped in 1994. But um, all the Manic Street Preachers after four albums. Um, but Tall of my favourite band. They've been my favourite band for a very, 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 very long time. Um, I, and I would be obviously talking shit to say that I wasn't excited about this record, but it had been that long that I wasn't actually super excited about it. Mm. It wasn't until I sat in that big room where mm. we sat, mm. where mm. we were very mm. lucky. Like I got the, you know, the chance to listen to it three times before it was re- released. Um, when I reviewed it for metal hammer, sitting in a big room on a sofa with it being played over a very good stereo sound system and very loudly, very, very loudly. And at that point, that's when I got the kind of the chills, the tingles that, oh my God, it's the new music from Tool. That was kind of the first time that I'd really got it. Even going in, I was like, okay, well, it's the new Tool album. I'll listen to that and we'll see how we do. Um, well, uh, Sorry, just briefly. But I mean, when it's been that long, when it's been 14 years, very, very few records are that worth that anticipation. Yeah. So you're just kind of, you're, you know, you're just kind of... Mm. stealing yourself aren't you yeah so, i think yeah, so yeah that's totally understandable yeah um and you know uh, the initial thing of hearing it once and going wow and then hearing it again and going god and then hearing it a third time and being like right you know i initially walked out and went it's gonna be the album of the year right it's gotta be it's gotta be um and in the months that have followed you know it's released when it first came out i listened to it a lot um and I still listen to it a fair bit. Although I have to say, I don't actually listen to Tool a lot, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, they feel like a treat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think. And uh, so, you know, they're not the sort of band that I listen to a lot. Um, but I have moments and times and periods where I will binge and gorge on Tool for a long time. And, you know, when this record came out, I did that. Uh it is a really, really impressively brilliant record. You know, we spoke about it for about over, 90 over minutes. And, yeah, it was, <laughs> Probably it was like the longest review ever seven done. minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Almost and, the length of the album. Yeah. And we spoke about every song kind of individually. We spoke about all of this stuff that I'm, that I'm saying now. And, you know... It, we could it, have gone on a lot longer. As we well. could have gone on a lot longer. I mean, I still don't really feel like I have absolutely... And I don't... You know, that's the great thing about Tool is I think you can go back to a record five years after it was released and five years after you first heard it and hear new things from it. Um, I think this is a very good Tool album. I think it might be their worst, but saying that, it might be their worst album. It actually might be the worst album by the best band ever. Uh, And I don't feel like that that means it's a bad record. Mm. I just think the, the standard of the music they've made previously is astronomically high that what this feels like fear inoculum is um is a consolidation of the fact that tool sound like tool 
at this point. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, I felt like I got something quite different from 10,000 Days. I certainly did about Lateralis. I think, you know, I got Undertow and Anima at the same time, essentially. So I could tell that those albums were fairly different from each other, but yeah. not huge, huge stylistic leaps. Probably the smallest stylistic leap until this point, I would say. Um, and, you know, uh, this is a really, really great record. You know, it's it's tall and it's tall doing all of the things that they've that, that has made them the kind of the biggest cult band in the world. Uh, I think there are moments on this record that are just absolutely incredible, as good as they've ever been. Do you know what I mean? There are bits on, you know, Nemea, Tempest, um, Descending, I think are as good as any song for you we could go toe to toe with the very very best of anything tool have ever done before that's ever. a that's about 35 minutes of the record it is it's about half the record <laughs> yeah, yeah it is so you know yeah. don't let's not We're get just under the, you know the, the, this is a, a large chunk of the record yeah. is absolutely 10 out of 10 world-class phenomenal mm. <laughs> this would be higher up but you know we're getting to a point in this list i think where everything that comes after this you know, the, the, really, this is the point where I said everything after this, I, I just, I love, I love, 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 love. Mm. I think everything after from sort of this point onwards is where you go, okay, well, even Tool can't slip through. This is an impenetrable wall of just only, only brilliant music, only mm. like absolutely staggeringly great music. And that says a lot about how good 2019 has been for music, I think. Um the reason why it is a little bit lower than people might have expected it to be is, you know, it's, um, it, well, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to find actual criticisms for it. And I don't think I should have to sort of justify why it's only at number eight, really. It's just that some stuff has been better than it. But people might be surprised, though. I think people will be a little bit. Yeah, I think maybe some people might be a little bit surprised. I think, you know, the title track, um, and then you've got stuff like Legion Inoculant and uh chocolate trip trip and the mocking beat at the end that the stuff that kind of breaks it up i do think yeah i, I just think that you know the title track's kind of all right i think a lot of this record follows a fairly similar pattern not formula but until temp taking tempest out of it i do think they do have a type of pattern mm -hmm. each song feels like an album in itself rather than a song if you know what i mean and that's a cool trick to do i'm not necessarily have i ever put fear inoculum on and felt like it really genuinely flows like an album like in the way that anima or lateralis did i don't feel that that would be my one criticism of that record of the record that would be my one sort of criticism of it is that i feel like a lot of these songs seem to exist in isolation i don't know how you feel about that mm. Might have to go into it a little bit later. Mm. Uh, but, but it's only... But di but, well, differently, but I'll tell you why later. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that that's not... And that's a pretty weak criticism, really. If that's the yeah. worst thing that's the, it's about that's about it, then it's not, you know. But I, I think, especially for Tool, I feel like some of these songs um, could exist sort of solely on their own. Mm. And you do get the kind of quiet build-up and then it sort of gets a bit, and then it goes back to where it started. It kind of builds up and then goes down and then it goes back to where it started and then it ends. And then there's the silence and then the next one starts. 
which they, you know, they didn't always do before. You know, it's still fucking great. It's great. It's a really, really great record. I would maybe like a little bit more Maynard on it still. Mm. Like, I think that would, I think most people would be like, be nice to have Maynard on it a bit more Mm. Uh, because he is so brilliant. Um, But it is a really, I feel like I've just put it in as one of the best records of the year and I've just gone, ah, this is why it's not one of the best records of the, one of the best records of the year. But it is, it's number eight. That's still good. That's still very, yeah. I mean, when you come to hear me talking about the other records, I think it'll make sense. But for Tool to come back and to just not really miss a step in terms of sounding exactly like Tool and writing these songs that give and give and give and give and give and continue to give and continue to sort of surprise and beguile and do you know what I mean? And for you to try and give so much of that for you to unravel and unwrap Mm. um, when you've waited this long. Yeah. And it can only really be a disappointment, really. You've got to be like, 14 years, it can only be a disappointment. And I don't feel disappointed by it. I don't feel disappointed by it at all. I think it's great. Um, it's just that there are seven other albums that I think are better than it. Mm. It's really annoying when I can't... Well, I, well obviously I can uh, have a conversation with you about it, but I'm trying to steal no, myself fine. and save no, no, myself. No. But yes, we'll yes, come yes, back yes, to yes, that. Yes. I'm sure well, we will come back to that at some yeah. point. That's fair inoculum by tool. Number eight. eight. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, my number eight, again, a record that you had last uh, week, the Menzingers, Hello Exile, the oh, good sixth studio album from the Scranton, Pennsylvanian American heartland rock band type people. Um, surely we're saying the men. I mean, I think the Menzingers have been the best. Band of the decade? No, 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 no. Come on. I think I think Menzingers have been the best heartland at, at doing that heartland rock thing ever. Uh, possibly, possibly ever. Possibly, I think um, they've definitely got three of the. You know, there's always a gaslight anthem with the kings of that, but I think the gaslight anthem don't. Menzingers have got at least three absolutely fucking stunning records now. At least three. Um, uh, hello, hello, what? exile. Um, this one and after the party. Uh, hello, XR. No, wait a minute. Do you say hello, XR? Is this one? So after hello, the party. XR, oh, fucking. Um, on the impossible. Past. On the impossible. Past, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, rented world's my favourite, but there we go. Uh, but then that's not how most people feel about it. Um, but I like that as well. Um, I tend. To, I, I. I. I said during the review that I think this is probably my second favourite Menzingers record. It, it quite firmly is my second favourite now. Um, I think I tend to prefer the Menzingers when they're a little bit more kind of laid back and contemplative. Um, I love the punkier stuff, like I don't want to be an arsehole anymore and all that kind of thing. But but I feel overall Hello XL might be the most contemplative record they've done. Mm. Certainly more so than After the Party, generally, I would say. I mean, there's contemplation mm. on all of their records, but... You know, I think um, songs like Last to Know, Hello Exile, and I Can't Stop Drinking, you know, just they do that. I I don't even want to call them ballads because I don't think they are ballads, but they do good ballad. You know what I mean? Yeah. They do good slow song. um, Better than almost anyone I can think of, really. Um, And they have a way of chewing through the fat and cutting straight to your heartstrings basically um they're able to write lyrics and couplets that feel so personal and pertinent to you that it feels as if it feels as if 
this song has been written for me. I feel it so strongly. And yet thousands and thousands of people are feeling exactly the same thing. And that is a phenomenal skill. That is a really difficult, phenomenal skill to get right. And I think it's what these heart, I think that is what, um, that is the, the thing that, that brings all these heartland rock bands together effectively that that feeling of being able to kind of uh, empathize i guess in a brilliant way i spot springsteen did Mm. does brilliantly isn't it um but um yeah i I feel like these are just songs for fuck-ups by fuck-ups you know to scream at the sky and to get absolutely wasted on and then just like scream them into the ether um and and it, it, I mean, in a way, it's just another brilliant Menzingers record. But it's a brilliant, pertinent record to now. You said last week that um, "America, You're Freaking Me Out" might be the best opening song of the year. I think. You yeah, said. I did. Yeah. I may think yes. I probably agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I think the sentiment of that song. This is a lot of people who are feeling that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it cuts to it so brilliantly. High school friend is just wonderful strangers forever it's just the most beautiful poignant heartbreaking sort of song where you just where maybe a relationship didn't go right or something like that and you just wish you'd never even tried with that person or anything like that it's just it's just it's just it is just another brilliant menzinger's record but it's another brilliant record by one of the best bands going at the moment Mm. yeah i agree it's fucking great Super great. Yeah. There you go. Number eight, The Menzingers. Uh, Hello, Exile. Right. My number seven uh, was one of yours from last week. Hey. So we're doing a, a little thing. Just doing swapsies, swapsies. Swapsies, swapsies. Uh, we called it the best metal records of the year um, for kind of just being heavy. And that's kind of it. Uh, yes, absolutely. Car bomb, more deal. Um, I, I I wasn't even vaguely excited about this. I have to be honest. Mm. I have to be super honest about it. I thought the last Carbon album was good at a type of music which I kind of grown rather tired of. Mm-hmm. You know, tech metal, which is essentially what this is, that kind of genty mashugar thing. Particularly the heavy bands. I think I'm 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 always more interested in some of the more some of the lighter bands. You know, Tesseract. I guess could say leprous a little bit um even periphery have their kind of clean vocal soaring moments and i like those bands you know periphery are obviously can be heavy as well but um when it's just these kind of chuggy chuggy you know palm muted you know there's a song called it xoxo xoy mm, on it mm. uh but that which feels like taking the piss out of you know these tech bands that just go gaggle 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 and like they think oh that's what Meshuggah do it's like eh, they mm, don't mm. you can't you can't do that mm. and so i you know i've become very very uh just completely disinterested really with that scene yep. as a whole it's very um, very tired in my opinion and i knew from seeing car bomb with gajira and code orange a few years ago that they were a better version of that and i thought that record that that came out of theirs was a much better version of a lot of those bands but i have to uh, say you talk about meta oh, yeah about yeah. meta yeah but i have to say it was not something that i was ever going to go back to because for so many of those bands i'm like oh obzen over there yes I've got Obzin. Yes. I've got my Sugar's entire back catalogue. Yes. I've got Between the Buried and Me. I've got a bunch of stuff, right? 
don't need you. Yeah. I absolutely don't need you. So I was not excited about Carbomb's record at all, to be perfectly blunt about it. Um, you were like, well, wow, new Carbomb. And I was like, oh, well, we will review it. Hmm. But it will probably be like, oh, they're pretty good. In I, I was scene. I was excited. Yeah. Yes, I know. I, I remember you were, yeah. Um, because everything of theirs I'd heard, I was like, they're a good band from a scene which has become very, very dull. And I genuinely believed you couldn't do anything new with that. Mm. I genuinely thought, what can people do with that sound and that style and that genre, that little subgenre of music, that pocket of music? Because no one has, have they? No one's even really fucking tried, to be fair. And along come Carbomb, and within probably about 15 minutes of putting it on, I was just like, yep. my jaw was on the floor, like, oh shit, somebody's, mm -hmm. somebody's finally taken this bloody unbelievably generic really now at this point very safe very dull type of music and have injected it with some energy some enthusiasm some songwriting craft some actual in ingenuity mm. and have made a metal record which doesn't sound like just another metal record mm. Mm. and you know they're obviously, you know, that they exist within the framework of what those Meshuggah bands do. But, you know, there are so many bits on this record where you just go, right, that's going to stay with me now. Like I mentioned mm -hmm. XO, XO, Y. Mm -hmm. That, <laughs> XO, XO, that will, st you know, that sticks with you. Mm -hmm. You know, we've done, we've done um, the old, uh, the scattered spirits, mm -hmm. um, pew, 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 pew thing a whole bunch of times. It's just like, you know, the title track is just crushing, absolutely crushing. Um, I and then the song that follows it up was that I I sidle I side I I yes, side I don't know how you say it but again like just some of the drumming patterns in that are just you just go I how yeah but yet it stick but I can remember the riffs you know I sometimes you listen to these bands and it's just like oh wow that's a really really impressive drum part but then you forget it the second yeah. it finishes and it just goes on to more like bam ba 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 bam ba ba like that. This record is catchier and heavier than anything any of those bands have put out, maybe ever. Mm. It's fucking brilliant. Mm. And it deserves to be, it deserves to be thought of as a, as a uh, Le Font Sauvage, as a Obzin, as a um, The Trees Are Dead and all we that. Mm. Like, it deserves to be, it's, it's in the caliber of those unique bands that, all of these other chances have been copying for years and years and years and years and years. You know, the Six and the Meshuggahs and the Gujeras and the, you know, whoever else you want to chuck in, the Dillingers, whoever else you want to chuck in there with them. Their, this album has now put them, for me, maybe not on par with, because it's one album, but within touching distance of being one of those bands. If they do another album this good, though, yeah. they will be in there, won't they? Absolutely. Yeah. And all of those other bands are pretty much gone now. Like Dinner just split up. Mm. Six did kind of, uh, well, six did together, um, but just sort of intermittently. Uh, who else did I say? Gojira. Gojira. Oh, Obviously, right, Gojira yeah. leave like 10 years between each album. Yep. The Sugar uh, haven't done anything, which has been super exciting for a little while now to my ears. Um, so I think, you know, I think it's all set up for Carbomb to be a fucking big deal. And it's weird to me that it doesn't really feel, it feels like we're the only people that have sort of said that. I mean, you listen. You, I got Metalhammer over there with the fifty top fifty albums of the year, and it's like number 
I mean, I think this was number three on my went for my list for Metal Hammer. This is number two or three. Mm. I think it's number two actually. Mm. Something's pipped it. You know, uh, I expected to see them really fucking high up in the end of the top fifty year list, and they were about number sort of, I think in the sort of low thirties, right? In the top fifty, and I was like, that's really weird. Like I would have thought, you know, everyone would have been really big on this record, and you know, it just Do you it think- doesn't really feel like anyone else that I've I've not seen anyone else from any of the other sort of media outlets really get go that that hard in on this record, and mm. I don't I don't know why. I don't. Is it just because of like tech metal's not the cool thing anymore. I, don't... I, I, I wonder, I mean, this is going to sound a little bit like, oh, we're better than everyone else. But because this is difficult music to take in and listen to, and you kind of need to, um, you, you need to really kind of listen to hear the subtle things that they're doing. Because I think what they're doing is quite subtle, but it is a massive change, you know? Yeah. Like things, things like the tempo, just like... Well, there is no proper tempo. <laughs> like no, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think, like we said at the time, it's like tech metal. It used to be so stark; it was in blocks. Yeah, wasn't it? It could yeah, be in yeah, blocks yeah, exactly. And be like, this no, feels more fluid, me- me- mechanical, and yeah, this sort of yeah. feels like it's it's really done by here. You can feel the strings bend in, and yeah. you can feel like yeah. the hands moving. And you know, it's not a mechanical. It doesn't sound like a mechanical Pro Tool thing. So there's that. But there's also, like you say, it's it, it is different. And you say, like you. On one level, I agree with you. Yes, there are subtleties in this which wouldn't necessarily be easy to, that easy for every single person to pick up if you're not that familiar. Certainly, with that. if you listen to it passively, I think. But it's just so fucking heavy and great. Yeah. That I don't even think it would matter. Mm, yeah. 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 People picking up, obviously, people going, "Oh, the new Killswitch Engage album." Like fucking, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I love Killswitch Engage. I'm not slagging. I'm not like you. I'm not. I'm, I love them, right? But the idea that the new Killswitch Engage album. Is more exciting and better than this. Oh, it's ridiculous. That's that is ridiculous. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That is ridiculous. That is stupid. Mm. You're stupid. And yeah, come on, I'm just mental. <laughs> anyway, Mordial by Mordial by Carbon, the the best like out and out heavy records of the year, bar none for me. It's lovely when you get angry. I do like that. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, my number seven is a record which has stayed with me for um, most of the year, I would say. And it's from a band who I've always seen so much potential in. Always loved them live. Was never totally convinced um, by their debut record. But I really feel like they stepped up for the second album. Mm-hmm. It is Nest by Brutus. Ah, uh, yes. I fucking love brutus um i feel like i love this record even more than i did when we reviewed it in fact i don't think i would have predicted that it would be number seven in my top 20 even at the time when we reviewed it and i liked it very very much then Mm. um but i just think they are really fascinating interesting dynamic uh mixture of so many different elements and exciting things basically they're kind of like a punk post-rock band Brutus. Yeah. yeah. You know, they have the expansive um they they can go really really expansive and really like post rock in terms of their textures and so on and so forth, but then but then they'll like chuck a fucking thrash metal riff into something and mm. and it all works. It all makes sense. Or I certainly feel like that's the case with this record. I still I've gone back to burst their debut a couple of times. Um and I still feel like that that record is is just like 
shows the massive potential that they have, but it wasn't quite there. With Nest, I just feel like they just had the songs. Yeah. Um, I said last week, I think, and I've been saying all fucking year, I think War is my favourite song of the year. I think I'd probably still go with that. Um, I think just seeing... I think bands really love Brutus. Just seeing the amount of... Um, I've, I've seen Brutus this year half a dozen times uh, because they're fucking supporting everyone. Mm. <laughs> like constantly, they are constantly on tour and constantly supporting people because I think other bands are just like, holy shit, this band are amazing. The main thing that people talk about, talk about is Stephanie and the fact that she's singing and playing at the same time. And, and it's incredible. She's brilliant. But I think the, the other two guys in the band as well, are, are, it's brilliant what they are doing and they make so much noise for a trio. Like they, they go to some really, um, really loud places that you would not expect just a three piece to be able to get to. Yeah. Um, but then there are times, as I say, when they're really, really um, expansive and loud. But then there's also really beautiful emotion or like poignant moments on the record as well. Mm. They are thrilling live. Um, and I just think they're one of the most exciting bands on the planet right now because no one else quite sounds like them they are a wonderful hybrid of sort of seven eight seven or eight elements um, which just make up this pretty unique concoction that is brutus and i think if if you know if the third album is as big as a step up as ness was from to burst i think the world will have to sit up and pay attention mm. um but yeah i i just it, it it's barely been off my stereo <laughs> can we say that now my mp3 player whatever it's but i've i've listened to it it's been a constant in my life this year uh, and i haven't been able to stop listening to it and i just fucking adore it it's a good record that yeah great record yeah, good record mm. um so that's nest by brutus your that's number, number seven seven all right my number six is again i think just pippin uh, uh kind of coming up just just pippin car bomb uh, people might go oh hold on i thought you said car bomb was the best heavy record of the year and cult of luna are very very heavy cult of luna are very very heavy um uh, dawn to fear the album that i'm talking about now uh, which is my number six is a very very heavy record as well but i think to call it a straight heavy heavy record is doing it a bit of a disservice hmm. i think cult of luna by oh hold on a dawn to fear by cult of luna is my sixth favorite record well, of let's as well. do it together then oh, let's yeah. do it together let's do it together um yeah Cult of Luna's uh, Dawn to Fear. So um, I think Cult of Luna have been on just rare form. I think we said it in the review. This decade has been, for those post-metal bands, when you, you know, the, the Isis and Neurosis and Eamon Ra and all the kind of the, the sort of heavy hitters from the, the post-metal uh, world, I think, um, the Russian circles as well. Mm -hmm. I think Cult of Luna, for me, this decade have become the standout band mm -hmm. in that scene. Mm -hmm. um, and not as good as A, obviously, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, they have become the standout band in, in, in this scene. Um, you know, Vertical, we, we'll be talking about our albums of the decade at some point, and Vertical, Mariner, uh, you might hear me expand on that theme uh, a little bit more. But, um, you know, so my expectations levels were understandably getting towards the end of a decade where Cult of Luna have been just insanely brilliant. We're very, very, very high. Um, and a bit like Tool, really, I think sometimes you go, ah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they, 
probably going to have to. They're probably going to have to drop off at some point because bands always do, don't they? Right? Bands do eventually stop releasing really great records and they yeah. just release all right records. And I wondered if maybe this would be the one where Cult of Luna just released a kind of quite good record. Um, but no, this is fucking outstanding mm. and i think you know we said it again we said it in the review the addition of actual melody mm. like real you know obviously there's melody in mariner with julie christmas mm-hmm. um i think julie christmas brings the majority of that melody yeah. to the record on, on mariner yeah, on yeah, mariner yeah. but to see and hear cult of luna you know um delving into stuff like i think you said at the time like radiohead mm-hmm. uh is you know is 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 not something which i've heard them do before mm. to hear like you know kind of organ pieces and yes um uh i, I never remember the squeeze box the oh the accordion. accordion and hearing that and hearing these kind of traditional folk elements being able to exist inside this crushing you know what what cult of luna can cult of luna can do crushing post-metal in their sleep at this point yes but it's stretching those dynamics out a little bit further Mm. i mean the you know lights on the hill the 15 minute long epic sprawling epic that again i think we spoke about quite heavily on in the review um is just so amazing it's so breathtaking and it feels again this album it, it, it's that does not feel like 15 minutes of your yeah, life absolutely not well this this album is 79 minutes long and i routinely complain about albums being too long and i loaded this album up and i was like i like cult of luna a lot yeah but the idea of a you know almost 80 minute cult of luna album i was pretty much like oh, really mm. that's mm, i'm not sure about that and there is something time just bends in on itself when i listen to this record and i yeah, feel like only okay. half an hour has gone it's hypnotizing and hypnotizing is the word in fact looking at other reviews of the record i feel like every single review uses the word hypnotizing at some point for this album because that's exactly what it is yeah um i mean the the, the heavier more cult of luna type tracks i suppose are the ones which got my attention to begin with mm. stuff like the silent man yeah, and like, the fall but and that's the album opener and it sort of it sets the scene really well yeah. like and look, at this point i go oh then it set the scene well yeah yeah the silent yeah. man well i was what i was gonna go on to say is I, I think my favorite songs from this record now are now the um less typical cult of luna yeah. songs aka lights on the hill yeah. and actually my my gold standard may go to We Feel the End, which is, you know, almost entirely sung. It's like, uh, it's really, really subtle and very, like, it's the kind of song that you don't even fully notice initially, you know. Mm. Um, it's almost, I mean, it's ridiculous to say this of this song because it's seven and a half minutes long. It's like an interlude. It's almost like an interlude, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it does feel like that. Um, but it, it does it does feel like it an does. interlude because yeah. it's so kind of... I don't know. Well, yeah, time bending. But um, but the more and more I've listened to this album, I think I've seen quite a few fans 
dismiss this record or, or people who used to be fans or whatever and just say, oh, it's just another, another Cult of Lunar album. And I think it would be really easy to say that if you just sort of put it on and listen to it quite passively. Yeah. But it's about delving into it and finding all those things, all those sort of folky um, elements that you were talking about mm-hmm. and all those kind of things. And then when when you pick out those bits, it just transforms into something utterly, utterly brilliantly devastating and wonderful i mean i didn't think i'd be talking about a cult of luna record which is potentially better than mariner but i i'm starting this is starting to get to the point where i'm like is this better than mariner i'm i'm it every time i listen to it i feel like it inches closer and closer and closer and i i, I mean i poor I, I i wouldn't oh i wouldn't absolutely it doesn't feel like a stupid thing to say hmm. you know um uh, although i'm I'm not i don't know and it does and, and i will say it, do, it does get better with every listen as well yeah. it gets better with every single listen i think it definitely is better after seeing it live mm. um they played lights on the hill live yeah. didn't play i love lake tahoe no yeah. tragically not um they played lights on the hill live and like again that was just mesmerizing and just it's just yeah i mean i don't think anyone quite does this like cult of luna in this current time certainly not what they're doing right now i don't no. think no yeah certainly exactly. on the basis of this album and i think it's with marin as well and i'd even go back to vertical as well uh i think every one of those records has their own their own little unique flavor but particularly what they've done on a dawn to fear is very different from that i mean you know i think we, we we did mention radiohead quite a bit um when we were doing a review last time i mean listening back to it and the more i've kind of listened to it i'm sort of picking out bits that i go that's like kind of latter period REM and that's like spiritualized and all of the, you know, for, for a band who, I mean, I, I actually not to name drop too much, but I interviewed Scott Kelly once from mm. Neurosis and he says, you know, like he, he loves the fact that bands are always cite Neurosis as an influence, but he likes them to kind of take what Neurosis did and do something else with it. Mm-hmm. And at this point, a cult of Luna, you, you would go, oh, yes, I can see they obviously listened to Neurosis. But when it was sort of Neurosis were the key, the the band, weren't they? Neurosis were the band oh, to yeah. name check Very for much this so. type of music. Yeah. And then suddenly, uh, you know, uh, Cult of Luna have a modicum of Neurosis in them. But you wouldn't even say that that is... If you're making a pie chart of, you know, the influences of this record... It's not like 80% neurosis and then oh, with a little bit of folk as well. Hmm. It's, I mean, it's barely even, it's probably about 30% neurosis, maybe 40% neurosis. Yeah. And it all feels, um, it all feels integral to each other, kind of, kind of in the same way that I was talking about with the national and the, um, the female voices in that, like the, those folky elements, if you took it out, it would be a massive, massive, uh, massively detrimental to the songs. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's, Oh, it's just a fucking great record, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's really, really brilliant. Mm. Really brilliant. So there you go. Um, a Dawn to Fear by Cult of Luna is both of our number sixes. Both of our number sixes. So this is my number five then. Let's go on to my number five. Um, now, I know I've said it a couple of times, but this is where it gets really good. This top five is as good a top five as I have had in my top 20 albums of the year that I can remember for uh, 2000 i think i always talk about 2016 how good 2016 was i'm not sh- i think this at least rivals 
is, is as good as 2016 from here on in. This might be the best top five that I have ever put together in terms of the, the best records. Like I, I think this now we're getting to the point where it is almost impossible to separate these five records. Um, but I had to do that. So my number five is Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. <laughs> my number five is Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Is it? This is getting really weird. <laughs> this is getting really weird. Um, yes, Ghost Team by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Um, you are more of a Nick Cave fan than me. Very much so, yeah. Uh, but I am a fan of Nick Cave. Mm-hmm. Um, fairly casual fan, but a fan nonetheless. Um, I'd obviously heard Skeleton Tree. As it, you know, I, I'm the sort of person who will listen to a Nick Cave record if it gets really good reviews, essentially. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, he, um, most, of, most them do, of them do. Most of them tend yeah. to. But if there's something which I feel like is very, very special, or yeah. if it comes out at a time when, you know, like I think when Skeleton Tree came out, I would watch the documentary about him yeah. and interviewed Once the guys. Who, feeling. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and so I wanted to listen to the album, obviously. Um, and I was pretty excited about this, but I did sort of go, well, you know, I wonder how much I'm going to enjoy this. Um, what- but very quickly, I was sceptical as well because I thought, mm, double record. He's already yeah. sort of done that before. I mean, I love the last double record, the the Apatow Blues and Live Orpheus, but I wasn't sure if it was necessarily the right thing to do. And I heard like, lots of synthesizer stuff and like, oh, yeah, is that yeah, really a good idea? Stuff. Yeah, I mean, I read sort of, I, I kind of read a review of it before I listened to the record and they were mentioning um, Disintegration by The Cure and saying mm. it's basically, you know, 11 disintegrations by the the, the title track the yeah disintegration by the cure and, and I, I was I, like i just couldn't imagine it in my head no me neither and i thought that's kind of a weird thing but i guess much mm. like um mark lanagan's record that we spoke about a few weeks ago which is yeah. very very different from mark lanagan this feels very very different and unexpected and not the sort of thing you would assume would be the sort of safe ground for for nick cave and the bad seeds Absolutely not. No. Um, That's but, something he, he and they are very, very good at doing. They don't really repeat themselves. Mm, so, mm, yeah. mm. Um, but I mean, the record itself is just utterly fucking glorious, tragic, and heartbreaking, and uplifting, and beautiful, and poignant, and um, and so many things which have just really really resonated with me a lot like over this year obviously you know um you talked about a kind of cathartic experience from listening to the record um the song ghost teen speaks i had a right old funny time the other day renfrey i was coming into work i got into work really early and i'm on the fifth floor in my office and i had it on my headphones as i was walking into the office and it just sort of started as i was walking in and i was the first person in and the sun was coming up and I put that song on and obviously it says like, I'm beside you, I'm beside you, look for me, look for me. And it was one of the most sort of emotionally, um, it was, it was you know, I, I sort of just stood there and I watched the sun come up and I was just sort of thinking about stuff and I had this record on and I got really, I got really, really just sort of, um, yeah, I got really emotional about mm. it. And, Nick Cave's been through some really horrible things. And I don't think, you know, you you can listen to this record and uh, it's not explicit, but it's also, you you know, kind of what his own experiences are. And 
I think you you can kind of marry those experiences with with what the record says and what the record talks about. Well, something that's a little bit of a departure for Nick Cave with this record is um, he lyrically he's often very narrative, mm. and this is more esoteric and it's mm. more um, spiritual. Yeah, yeah, um, yes. So I think it is. God, forgive me for saying this, but like an esoteric collage of kind of like. It feels what? like it po- it poses a lot of questions. It feels yeah. like a you know it's it's a it's a it's a record about it. it's about loss, and it's about not really being able to understand why you've had that loss, yeah. and I, it's an amazing thing when an artist can create a world which I think you're right. It is esoteric. But I think because you know what Nick Cave's gone through, you feel like you know exactly what he is kind of getting at, what he is referring to, how it relates to his yeah. life. Yeah. But it can be that mirror can flip back onto yourself. And I think you can listen to it and you can apply all of these stories and all of these characters and all of these uh, these kind of bigger ideas to your own life mm. um, and whatever you've you've kind of been through and um again yeah it's a record it came at a time when you were like i kind of need a record like this to come along yeah and yeah i feel like um i can definitely i can definitely empathize with that feeling of putting on this record and um things happen in in life where it feels like it's almost soundtracking stuff that's happening to you like that experience you had when you're at work and seeing the sun come up um that feels like it happens to me almost every time i put this album on um when we were talking about albums that we sometimes albums come along and you need them we talked Mm. about that with the national and um this is that again and um even though it's my number five um whilst it isn't you know quote unquote my favorite album of the year i think it's probably the most important album to me personally Mm. this year um and i think you know 40 years into his career nick cave is still exploring these kind of you know the human condition and murmurations of life and death and mortality and doing it in a more beautiful and poetic way than anyone i can think of Mm. um and um the manner in which he explores grief in this record as a multifaceted multi-layered um emotion for want of a better word it, it doesn't fit it, it doesn't feel like a record which is just oh i'm grieving and i'm really sad it feels like a record which is um you know which explores the fact that grief sometimes tempers with our sanity. You know, you start trying to be- wanting to believe in ghostly apparitions that aren't actually there just so that you can get some sort of sense that someone who is no longer there is actually still there. And like, uh, there is a, a strange sort of insanity to this album, which I think we can both really empathize with. Yeah. Um, that you get when you lose someone close to you. But um, at the same time, I think it's actually a really celebratory record as well because it reminds you that 
life is precious and time is short and there's only so much time that you have to i don't know tell someone that you you love them or tell someone that or make a phone call to that friend that you haven't spoken to in years and years or um just do all the things that you say that you're going to do and then you never do it because one of the things i found with grieving this year that I've struggled with the most is having regrets about all the things that I didn't do Mm. and I think this album quite beautifully puts that into it it it, it highlights that and and shows the, the beauty of how grief can bring people together as well as tear them apart yeah and I think there's that beautiful juxtaposition in it which is what really makes it as i say multifaceted and multi-layered and a really really beautiful stunning sublime piece of work Mm. which is at once immensely difficult to listen to at the moment but also one of the most cathartic experiences which i have had listening to music possibly ever yeah, I'd agree. And I think, you know, just before we sort of move on to the next record or whatever, I also want to say how, how much the Bad Seeds themselves bring to it in terms mm. of the music that is on this record. Because like I said, you know, when you think of a uh, sort of Nick Cave doing electronic sort of post-punk cure, you know, pop or whatever. It's actually a um, scary thought. It's quite a scary thought. But I think the Bad Seeds have created... Um, something that sits somewhere in between kind of country shoegaze dream pop and David Lynchian sort of uh, yeah. mellow God, anguish. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. It, the whole record, you know. It's done with class. It's, yeah, I mean. It's so classy. The, the, they're, they're one of the best things in music yeah 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 it's like they're you know, i would go like, to task even, with anyone who disagrees even with as someone who you know really only has what four or five nick cave records that i even really know that well mm. um and you know and then and again grind the first grinder man album as well mm. you know and uh i yeah i i'm I, i'm aware of just how fucking perfect uh, a unit they are and how much they bring to you know this this poet this sort of um uh you know this orator this, this, yeah and uh this record's it's it's a really really everything about it like you say class it's just um it's brave musically lyrically it's honest it's it feels like the most genuine artistic statement that you could ever wish for yeah. from someone. Yeah. And yeah, you know, that is, that's what you want. That's what you want albums to do. Isn't it? That's what you want records to do. That's why you surely, that's why you listen to music. Um, to kind of empathize with people to feel alive and you know what I mean? And to, you know, to sort of, what you've just said you go i i you know you understand more about grief through listening to this yeah. record in the same way as when you said about lingering you know you feel like you understand more about 
one part of some something in life that you maybe didn't quite understand as yeah. much before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Both of our number five is uh, uh, Ghost Teen by Nick Cave and the Bad Seas. Brilliant record. So my number four... Um, I wonder if we've got the same number four. We might, we'll be surprised. Uh, I don't think we will. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, my number four is on a similar sort of, maybe a similar sort of theme, but almost a sort of uh, an angrier sort of theme. This is where Nick Cave has gone more mellow. Um, so of Swans, uh, uh, Leaving Meaning by Swans, which, you know, I think I said in our review, I like Swans, and what I usually do with Swans records is I get it. I go, oh, new Swans, and I listen to it, um, and then I go, fucking hell. I'm like, oh, that's good, but it's bloody hell. It's mm. hard work. I might leave that for a bit. And then most of them I might come back to now and again, but I really don't make a habit of listening to a Swans album no. <laughs> too much. No. Because, good God, yes, Swans, you know, if you're in the know, swans are swans. If you're not in the know, fucking just go and listen to swans and go, wow, yep. they can be pretty Harsh. abrasive, yeah. swans. They are a very, very difficult band to listen to. And I don't feel like this album has been particularly well received, which is odd because I think, um, I think I said it again in our review, I don't think swans are universally just a band who are these sonic noise terrorists, these like ear hole torturers, like they kind of get painted <laughs> out to be every time you read about what, you know, because the, the, their, their reputation precedes them. I that think. is the thing that people always talk about. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, yes, they have definitely got that in them. And yes, there are points in Swan's discography where they are earth shatteringly, ear bleedingly loud. Um, and there are moments on this record that are hard and harsh and yep. very, very difficult and challenging to listen to, but just not for swans in terms of mm. what they've done. I think mm. actually this is the the most, uh, the, I don't, I'm not going to use the word poppiest, but the most, um, the, the widest swans have opened their door for you. It's the easiest quote unquote yeah swans record i've ever listened to if that makes sense mm. not that it's easy but no. it's the it's easiest. not easy but it is probably the says a lot about swans I yeah, think. yeah i yeah, just yeah. think um and i don't think they're better for it but i think i'm i'm really delighted to have a swans record where i feel like i have a proper handle on it I feel like I get this record. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I understand it. And I think because of that, I can enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I can actually get some sort of enjoyment out of it. Um, You know, it's coming. It's real, uh, which was the first single they released for it. I remember listening to that and being like, oh, I'm sure this is just like the, the you know, it, it probably is the catchiest song on the record. Mm. It's just, but you've got, to think, it's nearly eight minutes long mm. and it's very minimalist. And then it builds to quite a sort of, odd crescendo mm. um it's a weird song but it's absolutely amazing it's absolutely amazing i think the nub is amazing Sunfucker is it, the, the piano that sort of starts the nub mm. this really really lovely piano part and then this really really lovely female vocal comes in mm. you go oh swan sound lovely <laughs> and then you get this hot like this oh just a horrible feedback and this weird drum pattern and then you go oh they're kind of warping and distorting they're taking nice music 
and they're kind of just wringing its neck a little bit. Mm. And even though this is not the most sonically challenging, most like aggressively displeasing Swans record, um, it still feels like it's a subversion of something. Doo-wop, kind of, <laughs> again, David Lynch, kind of 1950s um, uh, crooner music, mm-hmm. um, just straight kind of piano jazz. Like, all of those things are taken and swanned up on this record. And I think it's great yeah. that, you know, it doesn't feel like, to me, it doesn't feel like a Swans record with Swans being mellow. It feels like Swans have gone, we're going to take a load of mellow music and we're going to kind of fuck it, fuck with it. Fuck with it we're yeah. going to distort it. We're going to make it grimy. We're going to make it weird. We're going to make it unsettling. And it is a really, really unsettling record. Um, I think Michael Gere's performance on it as a vocalist is brilliant i mean yeah. he's got that I, 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 I. he's always had that weird sort of throat singing that yeah, he does yeah and he yeah. sounds you know weathered older weathered um just you know unsettling but really catchy and like in in parts like genuinely catchy yeah there are parts of his record that I find myself like sort of tapping my foot along to or sort of swaying my but maybe not tapping my foot along to, but sort of swaying along to. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. well it's that hypnotizing thing again. Yeah, it, it is. And again, like yes, swans have that thing where they it's a uh, this this whirlpool that they can kind of suck you into. And this is kind of, you know, less of a tornado, a storm, uh, you know, a kind of violent tsunami of noise. It's more like just a um a strong strong breeze <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure Michael Geyer will be very happy with that well you know I, I think th- this is not the most challenging Swans record by any stretch of the imagination no. and it feels like people have kind of gone oh what oh come on oh uh, it's a bit like easy this isn't it it's just like some of it's quite nice and I think they're getting it all bass backwards I think mm. they're getting it all around the wrong way mm. and I think actually what Swans have done is make a really cool album of taking a load of stuff which is like, you know, crooner music and turn it into something a bit weird. It's got a Twin Peaks vibe to it, again, to mention David Lynch. But, you know, I did think, I will review Swans and it will be like, like, ah, and then I'll just sort of listen to it a couple of times and go, that was cool, and then not really listen to it. And I found myself constantly wanting to put it on. Right. Over and over again to the point where I just now... It's become one of the albums that I've listened to most in in the year, and it only came out at the, the start of at the end of October. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't very long ago. Yeah. So I've yeah. been rinsing it. It's got all the way up here, right? And yeah. I've I have um, apps. Um, you know, I love it. Right. I just absolutely love it. It's brilliant. It's by far my favourite Swans record that I've ever heard. I've only heard sort of four, maybe, but um, mm. yeah, it was sort of the only Swans record that I could um, wrap my head around, I suppose. Yeah, and I love it. Uh, it isn't in my list but I do love it I think it's a great great record though. yeah really, really good. good choice uh, okay my number four um, something a little bit different um, I don't know if this will be a surprise to you or not I was quite big on it but um, Death is a Warm Blanket by Microwave I thought it might be okay okay um, this album has just been I mean I said it about the Brutus record but this album might well be the album I've listened to the most this year. Right. Um, partly because it's 29 minutes long, <laughs> but yeah. I just think it's 
perfectly contained. Um, I love every single song on it. I think is it, it goes to so many different places. It sort of combines the best elements of the best emo bands and the best elements of the best hardcore bands and puts it into one neat package. And it's so diverse, it shouldn't really work and Mm. yet somehow it does um and i can't even get my head around why it works but it just does i just think it is i just think the songs are flawless i absolutely love them yeah um microwave were a band who i thought were fine before i heard this record they're all right yeah Uh, their last album much love i thought was quite good i saw them support creeper i believe at the shepherd's bush empire yeah i want to say you know and and they were quite good and i quite liked them but Mm. i never for in a million years expected to put this album on i I never expected the microwave album to be in my top 20 ever um but it's so different to anything that they've ever done in the past as well like this i put much love on um after being obsessed with this album because i was like i wonder if i've missed anything in that record no i think they've just become 10 times better in the space of two or three years um and they sound like an almost completely different band now as well bringing in elements from so many different types of bands everyone from like sunnydale real estate to fugazi to um like singer songwriter acoustic-y stuff uh nine inch nails industrial-esque things yeah and there's just all these disparate elements and it really shouldn't work but it just it just adds up to a really cohesive really interesting 30 minute journey Mm. and if i find myself with a spare i'm 30 minutes and i just want to listen to something it's nearly always death is a warm blanket that i go to Mm. i just fucking love it um I don't have loads more to say on it because it is just a great album with great songs, in mm. my opinion. But I, it, it probably is the record I've listened to the most this year, right. partly because of its brevity. But I, I just adore it. I go to it all the time. And and it's one of those records that sometimes I'll listen to it three or four times in a day. Yeah. Because I just can't get enough of it. I absolutely love it. Wow. There you go. Microwave, I can't remember what that album's called. Uh, Death is a Warm Blanket. Death is a Warm Blanket. Possibly right. the best title album. <laughs> the good title, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, my number three. Um, we've already spoken about this, or you've spoken about it, and I kept very, very quiet about it because this has been one of the most torturous records to know what to do with. Probably the, the, the most torturous record to know what to do with because um, I've gone for Caligula by Linguita Ignoro, number three, despite the fact that you say you've only, you've only listened to it 20 times. Yeah. I have got through it twice in one sitting and I've listened to it. I listened to it, I tried to listen to it again uh, when I was putting my Metal Hammer list together and mm-hmm. again through this. I've had to listen to it in um, uh, different parts, basically. Um, and I did say it either goes in at number one or it doesn't go in at all because judging it amongst the um, other records. Amongst that, Dinosaur Pileup. Amongst Dinosaur Pileup. <laughs> and, you know, and, and you know, to be honest, even judging it amongst... The other, yeah, yeah, with, the other with records. The, possibly even with, with the exception of maybe Nick Cave. Mm, yeah, yeah. With the exception of Nick Cave, which I think comes, does something very, very different. Yeah. But does something which... Uh, is as impactful and is as 
raw and honest and is as you know disinterested in um hiding its true form from anything um uh there's something that feels crass about comparing yeah, it to other there records, is. Isn't it's there? just yeah. because there's yeah. there's two re- you know and i i didn't think about it going well fuck it and then wait, maybe i will put it number one but there's two records that i think have been absolutely just in- so 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 great that i thought well i'm going to put it at number three because like you said i can't do a thing at the start and go hey i didn't put linguita ignota mm, in mm. i think it needed to be in here um it's the single most difficult record on listening experience that i have ever i think i said it in the review i stand by it it's the single most difficult listening experience of any album i have ever had to listen to um the most impressive thing about it to me if you want to call it impressive i'm not sure if impressive is the right word the impact of it just will not dull no the impact of this record every time i go to listen to it i still feel sick i still feel angry i still feel uh a bit ashamed of myself um i don't really know why just because i feel like i'm going oh please stop saying this and play and you know I've got a real problem for, but what you said earlier about Empathy Machine, I have a real problem I found in my sort of uh, latter days of not wanting to confront anything horrible. (laughs) I don't really like things. I don't want to argue with anyone, which I know seems ridiculous when you sort of... very off-brand. Yeah, yeah, very (laughs) off-brand. But in reality, you know, I am arguing about music, but I don't want to talk to people. Like, I don't want to think about nasty things i don't you know what i mean i don't want to think i don't want to be confronted with that but you have to be you do have to be sometimes it's important to be i think yeah i think it's very very important to to be like that and and i would love to live just a kind of ignorant um happy life like i would i would like to do that but um but i shouldn't and nobody should nobody should um we should all we should either get rid of the horrible things in the world or we should find a way to confront them to then get rid of them. Um, I think this record is just uh, unsurpassed in the level of horror and brutality and um, pain that it has brought out of its creator. I don't think I've ever heard another record which is so um what is a word i'm looking for wounded it's um Hmm. it's un it's unbearable i Mm. mean it is i literally do find it unbearable to listen to Mm. uh and it seems odd to be talking about it in you know using words that are such negative words when i've put Mm. it so high up on a list full of you know albums that i think i just you know cult of luna the new tool album for fuck's mm, sake you mm. know swans the nick cave album even going back to last week and talking about stuff like the national and the menzingers who i think are really brilliantly beautiful bands there is something about this record which is the most impressive artistic statement i think anyone has ever made in the maybe in the history of music like that i that that i've heard Hmm. i'm trying to think of another record which has come close to making me feel like this and it has 
it has burnt itself onto my psyche forever. The comparison that we keep making, and apologies if you find it a boring one that we do it all the time, but I think it is the best one, is of Irreversible, the film, the the Gaspar Noé film, um, which I've seen once, and I still could probably recite not recite but i could probably tell you scene by scene exactly what happened mm-hmm. because that one watch was one of the most harrowing things that i've ever had to, to mm-hmm. sort of experience in art ever and it's been a long time since i felt that strongly about something until this record came along and you're right all the stuff he said about feeling kind of um empathy for something uh yeah, it's not something that I. It's not something that I really, um, have thought about much, even with it going on. To be perfectly honest, um, I, what I do know, uh, what I will tell you to kind of to, to like pick up on something that we were talking about earlier yeah. is that, I think, I hope I would like to think that I, I'm aware of that stuff. I remember I like this is a bit of a weird personal story, but I went on a date with a girl once and she got really drunk and she kept kind of saying to me, have a tequila shot, have a tequila shot, have a tequila shot. This is years ago. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to. And she kind of sort of basically forced herself on, you know, like obviously I'm, it sounds stupid because I'm six foot four and she was just a young girl and she was going, drink this tequila, drink it. You're going to drink it, drink it. And then when I went to leave, she was like, I'm getting in the cab with you. I'm getting in the cab with you. And, you know, it was for me, it was like, okay cool well see you later sort of thing well no 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 um but i do remember getting out and going fuck if the roles are reversed there like Mm. i felt intimidated by this girl who's like half my size Mm, i just kept shoving tequila in my face and i was like and i've always remembered that and i've always thought like you know keep your fucking distance from people because you're six foot four and you like even though i have absolutely no intention of being a kind of like space you know personal space hogging motherfucker or whatever i've always sort of gone you know i've got two sisters and i was basically brought up as a, as an only just in my household with my mum and i would feel awful to think that i had ever made somebody feel uncomfortable even feel uncomfortable in that kind of way or threatened by me in a kind of yeah. sexually aggressive yeah. way in any way i would feel really really horrible about myself if, yeah. if 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 i was under the impression that i'd made someone feel like that and so to hear this and this level of kind of pain and vitriol and you, you're right it makes me angry um and it makes it makes me angry at whoever she's pointing it at Mm. and it weirdly makes me angry at myself and it weirdly makes me angry at her for Mm. making me listen to that for making me kind of confront all this stuff and making me think about those things Mm. i don't want to think about those things and yet here we are (laughs) it would i don't have to put this in my list Mm. do you know what i mean it doesn't have to be in here i'm under no obligation to put it in there. i could have just gone do you know what fuck it i'm just not Mm. i can't i can't talk about it i can't but this record is unbelievably powerful unbelievably important um i think it will be a record that people talk about forever it is the best it is it is the best record of the of the 21st century it is actually that like if we're talking if if you can separate yourself like this is the the finest this is one of the of this millennium i think this record is the rawest and most 
explosive artistic statement of pure honesty I've heard. I'm I'm there are a couple maybe that I've been pointed out to sort of pre that predate that. Um I would go back to the Drift by Scott Walker. Mind you, that is this millennium as well. Maybe this decade. I, I think this is harder than the Drift. And I, I do the think this is hard, but I think I think this is much more difficult than the yeah. Drift. Um, and what you said before is about it being beautiful as well is right. It can yeah. often just... I actually think that makes it worse. Yes. Well, it's the juxtaposition of those... Um, it's the sun that streaks through those black dark 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 clouds which which makes it worse when there's suddenly a really beautiful melodic tuneful bit that comes through and you're like oh my god this is so lovely and then something fucking devastating happens again yeah and that if it was devastating throughout we talk about this all the time but if it was devastating throughout it would not be as powerful and it's those moments of light that make it even more powerful Mm. it's um I mean, I I don't really know how to go about sort of properly summing this up. I don't really feel like I did in the review. I don't really feel like I have here. I don't really know what I meant to do with this record for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know? What I mean? But it's there now. Do you know? What yeah. I mean? It's there, and um, and I can't ever, ever, ever foresee a time where I forget it. I forget how it made me feel and and, and it, it, its impact dulls in any way. I just don't believe it will. I don't believe it. I think this will, this will, this will stay this hard hitting uh, and this important and this impactful forever. It is a landmark record. It is a landmark record. It is a, an all, it's it an all time game changing classic record i'm absolutely convinced of it Mm. do i like it i don't really think i do no do i want to listen to it no but it's so good and she's a fucking like uh, an unbelievable person Mm. for making this record yeah yeah um there are very very few records that make you feel like you're um being physically attacked well yeah, that but also make you feel like um maybe you're a better more sympathetic person for listening to them yeah yeah that, uh, yeah i don't know if better is the right word but you know well i think just uh you i don't know man yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> two white guys talk <laughs> um <laughs> but that's all right I mean, no no it's fine no 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 it's fine it's fine yeah 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 it's fine it's just it's just it's a yeah it's a hard one should we move on to mine yeah yeah go yeah, what's okay. your number what's your number three my number three is uh very very different i'd say it's um the saint pierre snake invasion caprice enchante right um i just i my favorite kind of hardcore records are ones where the kitchen sink is thrown in and they're incredibly experimental and they go to all sorts of odd places and you just don't know what is going to happen next Mm. with them. And I think this album constantly keeps you guessing. I think it's the, this is the sort of thing where you just don't know what you're going to hear next, even on the like dozenth listen, you know? Yeah. Um, and I can't really think of a record that has achieved that as well 
as um as this album this year um and i really didn't expect this to be honest uh, previous to this album my interest in the saint pierre snake invasion was very nonplussed really i'd seen them um a number of times mm. um at sort of arc tangent festival or supporting bands or things like that and i kind of always saw them as pretty much as gimmicky as the name really mm. um and um i didn't I didn't see them as a joke but you know there was a, there was a sort of humor in it which i just didn't really respond to particularly well and i thought the songs were okay but nothing particularly special so to get this record and just be like holy shit i mean i'd heard a few things on the grapevine but to get this record and be completely blown away by just how experimental and interesting and chaotic and frenetic it was um and so much heavier as well mm. there were more of a kind of 80s matchbox beeline disaster level of heaviness before i would say but um this is this is actually like a proper fucking heavy record yeah. uh, when it wants to be but it's also incredibly melodic and hooky and has some amazing uh uh lines which you'd like sing back live and stuff and then you know a male voice choir will come in at yeah. some point and then the entire band just sort of explodes in feedback and distortion or there's the acapella song um uh it gave a lovely light which you know many other bands who would do an acapella song just to break up a few songs that would just be a nice kind of interlude thing if that acapella song and it gave a lovely light was not on this record, it would be a much worse record. It's yeah. it's a really integral part of the album, I think. It's a really beautiful moment on the record as well. Um, and I think, but actually having said that, even without those extra flourishes, I think it would be a very good hardcore album. A very, I think it'd be a very strong hardcore album, straight ahead hardcore record. But with them, it just makes it something even better and even more interesting and like one of my favorite hardcore records possibly of the decade and it's really very good i mean i you know i, I think for hardcore particularly in the vein you're talking about don't know that many people have even attempted to make a record like this really. that's what i mean yeah, yeah i feel like i haven't heard a record like this for such a long time i keep going back to like that was then this is now with the james cleaver quintet yeah like, that's the last one that and that was fucking what 2010 i think they're best i think st pierre sneaker Invasion are better songwriters than Joe, james cleaver quintet um possibly yeah yeah I, I i love that record that james cleaver quintet record but yeah i think you might be right um but just that sense of like throwing you just you just have no idea what's going to come next and i i i find that really exciting in music and there yeah. isn't an awful lot of it these days it's kind no, of annoying no although we've had quite a bit in his top five to be fair i suppose so yeah. i suppose but i suppose i'm talking more specifically about like hardcore i guess mm. um but within that realms like there's a lot of very pouring meat and potatoes hardcore yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's so much of it but I don't think like anyone who sort of called this meat and potatoes, I think is, well, probably shouldn't have a license to criticize anything, let alone music. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I just, I just, I just adore this record. I think it's fucking great. It's very so, good. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, number three, that was uh, Caprice Enchanted. Uh, yes. By we'll the go with that. Snake Invasion. My number two. Oh God. Okay, right. I don't know 
even still looking at it, I can't split my top two. <laughs> I still can't. <laughs> I kind of want to give a joint one. Um, because the two albums that are my one and my two are so different from each other that I just genuinely don't know how to split it. And even looking at it now, I genuinely feel like I don't actually know which one's number one and which one's number two. I've never, ever had that before, Renfrey. You're going to have to gonna have to say one. So, my number two is number two on the basis of the fact that I've listened to my number one more. Okay. It's not a terrible way to do it. Yeah. I f- but that also doesn't feel like mm. the right thing. And I feel like this this should this should really be this really deserves to be number one. because uh, I think it's perfect. Maybe that's the thing. Don't know if the other one's absolutely perfect. Um, I feel like this is work you should have done off mic. Mate, <laughs> it's work that I have been doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> off mic. And it's been flipping and flipping yeah. and flipping and flopping. Flipping and flipping and flipping, flipping and flopping. and <laughs> all over the place. So actually, yes, my number two is Animal Choir by Her Name Is Calla, which is, I'm staggered this is not number one. Mm. I am absolutely staggered this is not number one i tried to keep it to myself because obviously last year dosha dreams was just so fucking lapping everybody was so much better and i just let it slip straight away i heard this record and i was like oh forget about it Mm. forget about it i mean actually we're talking about tool earlier i came out of that tool listening session and dan p carter was there and i went best album of the year dan you reckon tall and he was like oh definitely yeah definitely and i went definitely not Mm. not a chance Mm. i was like her name is Kala. is better and i've listened to that tool album three times he's like, oh well, you ain't listening to it like three times i was like i don't need any more listens to it three listens is good enough as much as i'm sure i'll get more out of it it's still enough for me to tell you categorically it is not as good as animal choir by mm. her name is Kala. not a chance and he then went and played them on the radio on Rock he Show. did yeah. yeah after that so that was that's how that came about well done steve um thanks um we spoke about this record they've split up this band yep. um and I was so annoyed that they split up. Mm. I'd never heard of them before. I know nothing about them at all. Uh, I think we mentioned a lot of post-rock. We mentioned Radiohead. I think I said it was like a heavier version of OK Computer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't feel like that's playing it up or unrealistic at all. I genuinely think this is number two. I'll tell you the one reason why this is number two is because I feel like I've kind of heard stuff like a bit like this before and that is pro- probably the only reason and because i haven't listened to it as much as i listened to my number one but what they do with post-rock with alternative rock with indie with bits of like jazz and folky things and the tone and the texture and the tonality of this record is incredible the the riffs when you get a riff which is you know it's not often on this record that you get a full-blown riff nope but when you do my god Mm. (laughs) absolutely unbelievable they could probably be a metal band be a really much better metal band than most of the metal bands that have come out if they felt like it if they thought fuck it like let's just write some riffs they could probably be like a great metal band but this record is just an absolutely 
it's a it's a perfect record. It's it's kind of a, I I would give this ten out of ten. Like I would actually give this record ten out of ten. Um, it's mad. It's not number one. Absolutely mad. Um, I would I would give this record ten out of ten. And I think you know particularly towards the end, uh, Robert and Gerda that kind of eight minute long. Um, epic and so many of them so are uplifting eight minutes long and yeah. you know so much of it is like you say uplifting by the mm. end it's so uplifting the first part of it feels really dark and gritty and you know let me spin through the ground like a drill that refrain that comes in um, it's incredible this record I mean if you haven't heard it and you don't know this band if you're not aware of this band um I think you ha you have to listen to it. I think you you kind of owe yourself and you like the band for everything that they've put into this record. They they should this should be this should be winning Mercury Music Prizes. This should be winning Brit Awards and Grammys and they should be playing at Brixton Academy and four nights at Brixton Academy selling it out because this is all the stuff that you get told by people is what people like about music. Have they been on Radio 6? I don't think they have. Have they been in The Enemy? I don't really know. I'm not sure. I've never heard them or seen them before. Have they been on Jules Holland? No. Why are people Why are people not picked up on this band that have taken elements of some of the biggest and most popular bands of, of all time, some of the most respected artists in the history of guitar music, they've taken their best work and they have created an amalgam of that work and it is at, at almost as good as some of the very, very best records that have ever been made in alternative music. This record is fucking staggeringly brilliant. Staggeringly brilliant. Um, quite how it's number two. Well, we'll find out in a minute why, won't you? But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing record and it's the the biggest surprise of the year for me. Do you know what I mean? It, it It's, um, <laughs> you kind of gave it to me. We should, rec you know, we should do this. And I saw it was like 65, 66 minutes it's, long. It's uh, 78. 78 minutes long. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's even long. But again, it doesn't feel like that, does it? That's another one where I didn't even realise it was that long. Because it feels like 45. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, it's a really, really special record, this. And it's... Um, they've gone out with quite a bang. Her name is Calla. So that's my number two. Okay. My number two is Tool. Oh, yeah, there they are. There they are. Um, I suppose you could argue that I've been caught up in the hype a little bit of possibly the most one of the most anticipated albums of the decade um but as you kind of said before when you wait 14 years for a record and it doesn't disappoint you that's a hell of an achievement yeah. and and it is an album like the cult of luna record and we did compare these two albums quite a lot and i think there are lots of comparisons between the cult of luna and the tour record but like that album uh it just to me just gets better with every single listen um and i think i was i was part of me was a bit like should it really be this high and the reason i put it there is kind of thinking about um ten thousand days and how much that has grown on me in like the last five six years um i feel like this record is going to do that 
possibly twofold, you know. Mm. Um, I said at the time, and you poo-pooed it a little bit, but I said at the time that like I feel like this is Tool's post-rock record. And and I actually, I think I feel that even more strongly now. And actually the reason for that, and I'm going to have to contradict you a little bit here, but I feel like this record flows perfectly, like like really brilliantly mm. to the point where I don't, I don't really have a favorite song on it because I pretty much view it as one long song and Tempest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see, um, I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I mean, you're obviously well within your rights to feel like that, but yeah. I, I, I personally do not feel like that. It just, I, it feels like a, I mean, it feels like a wave. I agree that like it, it, it sort of builds up and then it goes down and then it builds up again. It feels like this breathing organic machine or well not machine is but it does it does feel very organic and very kind of i i there's just i I, and and once again there's something hypnotizing about it i mean this is this album is what like 85 minutes long if you include the interludes as well you know and and every time i put it on it feels like half an hour's gone by you know how the hell tempest is a almost 16 minute song I'll never figure that out because yeah. there's no way in hell that it feels like 16 minutes. Not that's to me. That's got to be the high point, surely, for everyone. Tempest. I, I, it's so brilliant. I think, I mean, I do kind of feel that, but I feel that because it's the culmination of the record. I feel like it's what we've been building to. Yeah. You know? And that's what I, that, that, uh, that's almost why I see it as like one long song. Yeah. If anything, um, one small, um, problem my problem what one tiny issue i have with this record is possibly i think the interludes are the least um essential interludes in the tall back catalogue i think that's why i feel like they break them up a bit much i think um what is it the one that goes into um invincible uh with a bloody long name um listen to yeah that for me works Mm-hmm. quite well mm-hmm. and goes into it but yeah but it feels like there's that there feels like a lot of very definite stops and starts in this record which is not very tall well that's why i think i i actually prefer i mean i prefer to listen to what i'm going to call the cd version which is basically the version that doesn't have those interludes bar chocolate chip trip um i think it just works and flows better as a record and you know tool are always very adamant that the interludes are a very integral part of the yeah. whole and blah, blah blah and i would agree with all their other records mm. um but it is the one the one thing that i would say about this album where uh, where i do just feel like they they do feel tagged on a little bit if i'm honest yeah. but if you it's funny how it's been number eight and number two and yet we're, we're, we're still talking criticizing the, we're talking about the things that aren't right about it it's like well, everyone just expects it to be number one i think yeah but i just think at the end of the day there are a lot of tall imitators you know we've talked about wheel this year there's carnival there's fucking i mean there's there's loads of them but then there's only one tool no one does it quite like tall do they yeah and it's a it's a um it's a difficult thing to put your finger on why you know tall are better than carnival or whatever it's difficult to actually be able to articulate what it is about tools music that is that is better than those imitators but there's just something uh, i don't know it, it just it just transports it's just transportive yeah i just find it I, really I, I think that's what it is i think this they have something which feels like 
those other bands that you mentioned feel like they sit down and write songs together where I feel like Tool's songs are written through them. Wow, what a pretentious thing to say, but you fuck know, it. It is enormously, but then but then to be honest, it's yeah, cool. I I yeah. get you. I I I totally get that. I yeah. totally I'm I'm with you to be honest. Um yeah. they, they just well, what we could say is that those songs are born from the members of Tool getting together and just jamming and you know, I think that would probably be a a less sort of like eye rolly way of putting it do you know what I mean? i'll cut that yeah. uh, <laughs> um but um you know like i i i think that there are i cannot really think of a record that i've been waiting for for, for you know i mean chinese democracy i think is a, a actually a much better record than a lot of people give it credit for but mm. you know i wasn't delighted when i heard it yeah. <laughs> you know it's very patchy uh material control the glass jaw record you know fucking adore that band so much um and i quite like material control i I, there's bits on it which i think are fucking amazing but you know overall Mm. bit of a we had to wait 10 years for a ramstein album this year and it came out it's like oh it's another good ramstein album yeah yeah absolutely and um it took me a few listens to realize whether i was disappointed with this record or not but i now know absolutely for sure that i'm 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 not because Every time I listen to it, it feels like it's half an hour in length and I just find it, it washes over me in this amazing way. I guess I see it as a sort of post-rocky thing because I listen to it in much the same way that I listen to a lot of instrumental music in that it just sort of washes over me and I let it just kind of um, change what's happening in the room. You know, it just sort of changes the atmosphere of the room. Mm. And I just, yeah, I just feel completely and utterly transported by it. Um and, you know, I, I think it's been received incredibly well by Tool fans. I think people who weren't Tool fans are a little bit clueless as to what the deal is, I guess. Yeah. But um, what can I say? I'm a sucker for Tool. There was a guy on the, the, cause it's, it's the, the Metal Hammer album of the year, and there was a guy on Facebook I noticed today and who said, oh, have you not heard the Motionless in White album? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Wow, you think that's better than Tool? Yeah, yeah, I do. That's weird because there's a, there's a band, another band called Motionless in White, and that's a goth band, but you can't mean them. You can't. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah like, mate, just don't say things like that. Anyway, um, we said we we're going to do it last week. Uh, before we get to our number ones, a few honourable mentions, Renfrey. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start since I'm doing my number one in a second. Mm-hmm. Um Stuff that just didn't quite make it in for me. St. Pierre Snake Invasion was very close. That album is great. Like you say, that's grown on me a hell of a lot as, as the year's gone on. Um, Samsara by Venom Prison is one of the best mm-hmm. sort of straight ahead heavy records. Um, I think that's been very, very well received as, you know, uh, as you, you probably are already aware. That's very, very good. Brutus Again Nest by Brutus was damn close to getting in. Morbid Stuff by Pup was damn mm. close to getting in um sombre de Seine by herod mm. probably is 21 okay yeah yeah i think um and mike Patton and jean-claude vanier corpse flower ah. i fucking love that as well okay. that was in the in the mix um and if herod's 21 i think actually no herod's 22 jambonite onda would be 21 oh nice yeah. okay yeah. which was a real surprise and i think it's a really really interesting record and i'm kind of was a bit annoyed that i didn't put it in but 
Um, and I thought maybe I should take that Bob Mould's just a nice record in like I do listen to Bob Mould more Such, but I thought yeah. Jamba and I was like that is a really really cool like really interesting cool record I like that a lot and um, Sea Space Cowboy uh, mm. I thought was great the correlation between entrance and exit wounds really really good Gift from God Approximation of a Human really really good as well and fair play to like uh, Corn and Slipknot as well mm. Yeah. They've both released really, really good records this year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's probably enough of my um, uh, my others. Oh, Rotting Christ as well, I think. It's oh, okay, yeah, the Heretics. Heretics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's very good. Um, I think it goes to show that this has been a really good year because my bubbling under list is almost an A4 page long. I won't wow. read all of them. Um, but um, Smash, Heart of No Light. That was another one of mine, yeah. 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 Uh, just like I what? think I said that last week, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, a, what a phenomenal record. Mm. Um, uh, controversial, but I, I still think that Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes album, I, I still I love that record. Really? I think it's really, really good. I think the second half is far better than the first half, but I, I, I think the songs that are on it are amongst his best. Mm. Uh, so um, that uh, Danger Face is just there. Yeah. one of the best debuts of the year but um, just didn't quite get in there the new Way Your Wounds album um, was actually in my top 20 for most of the year um, that's good as well I didn't review that because I was away that week yeah, right? yeah we had Damien uh, but I did I have listened to it like, yeah, a few times yeah. yeah it's really good I still I prefer the first one personally I decided not to put it in because A I prefer the first one and B I think it's possibly a bit too similar to the to the yeah, first one yeah. but I still fucking love it a couple of absolutely unbelievable songs yeah, yeah I fucking love it Bob Mould uh, absolutely bubbling under Jambanai, absolutely bubbling under the damn things high crimes yeah that's great dropped off a bit to me, to be, yeah actually, oh i love it yeah. i still love it i still think it's great but yeah um yeah just didn't quite get in uh we never learned to live the sleepwalk yeah, transmissions good. fantastic yeah. album biffy clyro biffy clyro album was balance good, not yeah. symmetry just mm. probably the most excited i've been about a biffy clyro album in years uh, Pixies Beneath the Eerie yeah, that's a good album Racket Cannon Racket Cannon 3 that was good yeah um, Cult Dreams Things That Hurt yeah fucking brilliant Black Futures I thought was worth yeah, it yeah better than I reviewed it I have to say <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have got Slipknot as well put Fever 333 in just to annoy you really uh-huh. uh, Teeth of the Sea yeah. uh, Ithaca uh, Waste of Space Orchestra yeah, yeah that was good actually Mammoth Weed Wizard Bastard yeah that was good Full of Hell well, I had that you did. Uh, Lost in the Riots. Um, I put in there. I thought that was a really, really excellent Yeah, that was a good record, record. actually. Yeah, I yeah, really like that. Yeah. Tom York as well. Anima by Tom York, actually. Anima I really, by Tom York. really liked it. I don't know if you had that on it, but... Uh, uh, I didn't uh, have it on the Bubbling Under, but um, also... Uh, I really love that mono record. The one Now Here. Yeah, <laughs> but, not for me, mate. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, finally, I'd just say Pelican. Nighttime Stories. Yeah. I thought that was a really, really good Pelican I record. I also want to say Thy Art is Murder as well. Because I always do. <laughs> so then laugh. Right, number one. You probably know what this is, right? Probably know what my number one is. You do, don't you? Uh, do you think you know? I, I feel like it's going to be really obvious when you say it. Yeah, I think it will be. I think everyone else is going, Renfrey. <laughs> you know. Um, why is this number one? Ahead of her name is Calla, which was number one and basically like, not even number one in pencil was like half in pen uh, yeah. for most of the year from sort of about three days after I heard it. Uh, I probably would call this joint number one, to be honest, especially when you consider the last track uh, is, is not something that I need to listen to ever. Um, but uh, I love it when I hear something and I think, well, I've never really heard anything quite like this before. And in a year when there's been loads of really cool, exciting, 
rock music that has made me want to jump around and go, yeah, like the Wild Arts, like Bob Mould, like Dinosaur Pile Up, um, you know, like the Men Zingers. And when there's also been lots of very, very dark, harrowing records, um, the Linguita Ignotas, the um, the Nick Caves, the Swans, um, the Cult of Lunas, those sort of bands, bands, to find something which is neither of those things, but yet basically somehow makes me feel like both of those things is why this is number one uh clipping there existed an addiction to blood um this is a very dark and very unusual record i've gone back to clippings um back catalog since i heard it mm-hmm. and i do think this is like some people might go hmm, you only reviewed this a few weeks ago like a month two months ago and yeah you're right i mean it did only come out on what when did it come out uh, it was end of october the, uh, middle of october the middle 18th of october. of october it came out um so you know obviously i haven't it's gone from sort of nowhere to one mm. uh and i'm sure people might go i think in a year's time maybe you might think her name is color is better and you're right i might do who knows? I do think her name is Kala and this are kind of equal, even though, like I said, they're both so fucking different. But I basically have not, there's not been a day that has gone by since this record's come out that I haven't listened to it. And I've listened to it in order. I've listened to it backwards. I've listened to songs and then gone, I want to listen to that song and I want to listen to that song. I think it does everything that all of the music that I've talked about in this top 20 has done for me for this year. There are parts in it that make me feel angry. There are parts in it that make me feel scared. There are parts of it that make me feel sort of furious and pumped up. There are parts of it that just make me want to swing my bum around. Do you know what I mean? Uh, oh, there are... That's a nice image. <laughs> yeah. There are parts <laughs> of this that are unbelievably catchy. There are parts of this that are unbelievably harrowing. There are bits of this record that are just white noise aimless skull crushing horrible formless white noise there are parts of this record that are so catchy and so poppy that um that you just can't help but like i say kind of jiggle your knee to it uh i think you know musically i'm I think this is, like I said, when we did the review, I think you could take all of the rapping off of this and all of the lyrics and all of the vocals. I think you could take all of that away and you would still have a really, really cool industrialized electronic noise record. I think you'd have a record which would would probably be pushing towards the top 20 on its own, regardless of before you even add somebody else in there because i think the little bits of john carpenter the little bits of dark wave and synth wave the bits that sound like atari teenage riot Mm. or suicide Mm. um i love all that uh uh, and i think it's a really cool knowing mix of two guys who obviously are very very deeply versed in soundtrack music and noise music and i think they've they've made a really kind of cool um uh, sort of uh, template, uh, like kind of a, a base. This like that could, like I say, could exist completely on its own. But for me, you know, obviously, when you're putting in these raps from um, 
from uh, what's the guy's name? David Diggs, isn't it? Diggs. Yes. Yes. Um, when you're putting in these raps about and these kind of lyrics that are, you know, designed to make you feel very uncomfortable, some of them, and also some of them designed to kind of pump you up to feel angry, to feel fury. You know, like th- th- this is what when, we, when we're talking about like Fever Three 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 and Refused and mm. the Return of Rage Against the Machine. Mm. This is why I fear for those bands a little bit because I listen to something like Clipping and I think th- th- these people are are young and boundaryless and genuinely articulate and terrifying and they are and, and they're doing this right now like mm. they're living that this is the first time that they've ever thought about you know blood of the fang which is about kind of 50 years of civil rights sort of swallowed up into just under five minutes mm. is one of it is both exhilarating and terrifying at the same time it is not one of those songs like, you know, burn it like Fever Three Three Three, burn it down, burn it down. You get on the Refuse record. You, if you hear this, you're a weapon. Those slogans are, have always been something that I've gone. I want more than that. Rage Against Machine used mm. to do that. Rage Against Machine used to talk about Huey P. Newton and Malcolm X and people like that. And you would go, oh, I want to know who that who is. Who are those people? Yeah. And yeah. you know, and Blood of the Fang does that. Nothing is safe. Is this really is this kind of horrific claustrophobic um gang warfare story uh, and he is so dexterous his th- th- this is for me i think it, it, with it, i mean impressive is not the right the right word for linguita ignata but for me this is this is the most impressive vocal performance of the year from lyrical content and delivery hmm. he is he's incredible He's absolutely incredible. And that I'm picking this, even though the last track is 18 minutes, the sound of a piano burning, which I've got to the point where I will listen to now, all 18 <laughs> minutes. I can, I now know when the keys drop. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, like wow. okay. it's, and, uh, and the, the thing is that I know the members of Clipping have actually gone, people go, oh, why are you putting the thing at the end? And we said that in the review and I yeah. did go, yeah, to be fair just pretend it isn't there. And they've kind of come out and gone, we're fucking sick of people going, why have you put this at the end? And they said, the record's intense. We we wanted to give you 18 minutes to just, just, just to just chill out and not have to be bombarded and just have a kind of, you know, something else so that you can decompress from the record and then you can put another record on. Okay. And when I read that, I was like, oh, I'm going to do that next time because mm. I've got it on vinyl and mm. piano burning is it's... one side of the vinyl. Right, okay. Right? So you actually have to turn it over and go, I, I, I'm making the commitment to listen to this. And you do it and you sort of sit there after everything that's just happened, club down, you know, this sort of very, very angry industrial noise with like screaming in the background. It sounds like a kind of 80s murder um, movie soundtrack. Mm. Um where he's talking about, you know, people stuffing pig la- pig stuffing money in their mouth, like the, the, the absolute disdain that he has for sort of corpulent society at the moment, it, you know, in materialism, you can fucking feel it. it absolutely drips with disdain that song, and then at the end you get eighteen minutes of a piano sort of burning after you've heard about people, you know, th- there's so much, <laughs> so much blood and guts and gore and spite and hate on this record and often 
you know i think we said at the time it feels like it feels like you can inhabit that character and it kind of pumps you up a bit or you can kind of sit back passively and listen to it and just go oh god and mm. i think both ways of trying to experience that record the, the record are just as invigorating um i just love it i mean i've not really listened to much hip-hop loads over this decade to be fair i think when i brought in plan b i said this is the, you know the probably the last hip-hop album that i really really loved and i've tried with some of the bigger ones and i keep on trying because i used to like it so much when i was a kid and you know up till when i probably when i was about 24 25 26 mm. i was still sort of very much like listening to hip-hop quite a lot and then i just sort of got out of it and this is this has come along and it just feels like it's opened the door to JPEG Mafia and um, Mother Moore. I want to shout out Rich Hobson, who writes for Metal Hammer magazine. He put me on text if you like clipping shit and that. That is a fucking insane album as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I only have only just heard it, but that's that's a kind of almost a mixture of this and Linguita Ignora. It's a very, very difficult record to listen yeah, to. Okay. Maybe we'll talk about that another day. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it just felt so different yet so relatable it felt so different from everything else yet also weirdly so relatable to all the other things that i had in this list and i think that's why it's number one and the fact that i basically listen to it every single day is it better than her name is Kala? that's not better it's an incredibly difficult it's comparison, not i mean the thing it? is it's not better it's, de- mm. it's not better. Mm. And that's why I feel weird having it at number one and having her name as Cal at number two. Essentially, these are two records that are so different that they kind of should both be joint number one, really. Um, I pick Clipping on the basis that I have spent much more time with it. I feel like I know the album way more inside out than I do. As much as I, you know, I, I have listened to her name as Cal. Like when it first came out, I listened to it loads. And then I was like, okay, like step away from it for a bit, come back to it now and again. And that's what I found myself doing. And every time I put it on, I think this album is incredible, mm. but I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to press play again a second after I've listened mm. to it because it's uh, more like it's a treat. Hard. Yeah, it's a treat. And it's, it's, you know, it's hard work. It's, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a challenging record. It's quite an exhaustive record. Um, whereas I feel like clipping as exhausting as it can be, I also have a really, really good time being in that world mm. so i just want to listen to it all the time all the time all the time all the time and it's lost none of its potency for me at all so it's number one mm. would it make you feel better if i told you that her name is it's my number one i thought it would be <laughs> yeah. and, and that that actually i thought well renfrey's gonna have it so they will get a number one i was almost convinced that you'd have it as yeah. number one yeah, I don't think I I don't think it's the biggest surprise in the world, is it? No. Really, I feel like it's been. Um, I feel like I've been so sort of enthusiastic about the record that my thoughts have been pouring out of my mind and going into other people's heads as if they, you know, know full well that this is going to be my number one. But I just think this is. Um, I think Animal Choir is just an absolute masterpiece of an album um i think it's incredibly bittersweet that mm. her name is color released their finest album ever and then split up but then as i said at the time i mean how on earth do you even begin to contemplate following up a record like animal choir yeah. which just seems so you said perfect i mean yeah 
I, I, pretty I, much. I mean, that was the thing. As I was saying it, I was like, clipping is not perfect. Mm. It's mm. not perfect. You know, you take piano burning, and there are bits where, <laughs> you know, there are long passages of noise that you just go, oh, I'm not sure you needed to really. Mm. But that feels quite kind of you're being prodded. So yeah. I think it's a different, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, why yeah. I kind of let them get away with it. Whereas her name is Kala, all of it, you go, oh my God, this is like, I am in on yeah. all of this. I, you wouldn't change a single solitary second of it. It, it literally is. It, it's, it's without doubt a 10 out of 10 record. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, and another one, which is, you know, pretty much a full CD. I think it was like 78 minutes long. Yeah. Um, you know, my consternation for long albums. Um, but this album is just sucks you into its world so evocatively and so beautifully um, that it time passes just ridiculously quickly when I'm listening to it. Um, it was besieged with difficulties, this album. It was very, very difficult for them to sort of write and do. I think, um, I believe um tom uh morris the uh vocalist and guitarist i think that his laptop was stolen once and it had a bunch of the demos and lyrics on it oh, and stuff God. like that so they had to start again and all this kind of thing you know besieged by and and i think those kind of things could make or break a band and in a way it did break her name is color um but it feels as if they knew that this was the last chance saloon it feels as if they knew that this was it. And so they poured every single ounce of blood, sweat, tears into every single note of this record. And that's the feeling that I get every single time I listen to it. Yeah. Um, it's just so expansive uh, and and. and this, the instrumentation that is used on it, you know, you've uh, alongside your normal guitar, drums, bass, blah, 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 you've got regular use of strings and organ theremin is used loads on this record yeah. which is a suppose where a lot of the radiohead stuff comes um in it's an incredible exercise in showing how a band um can p pull back and use subtlety and space um to create a sound which is far far heavier than 99% of so-called extreme bands um and whilst you would never ever label this album an extreme album in uh by any means i think it is fair to say that it is an album of extremes yeah. so you've got um it starts with swan which is this really devastatingly um it's got this steady drum beat mm. which like lifts the the, the which like it, it, it sounds so claustrophobic. Do you know sounds what it like reminds me of? Just really, really quickly. Mm. And this will be, you'll go, oh yeah, now I know what you mean, but they're such different bands. The first track on Wrongdoers by Norma Jean. Oh, right. Norma okay. Jean are like, obviously a fucking hardcore band, a metalcore mm. band, mm. metallic mm. hardcore band. And that way the guitar rings out, if you listen to that, bum, bum, gah. Yeah, yeah. Bum, yeah, I see what bum, you mean. Gah, and just letting it just just build and build and build it's yeah because when that was coming through i was like oh we're gonna get this is gonna be something heavy i thought it's gonna be like a post metal band mm, mm. um like i say they they are heavy they're a fucking heavy band when they want to be yeah but then two tracks later you've got kaleidoscoping which mm. is a beautiful piano ballad which it, 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 if uh, if tom york 
put his name to kaleidoscoping and it was just re-released i i believe that everyone would be like oh yeah of course that's tom york you know and and the radiohead comparisons are pretty difficult to avoid Mm -hmm. as we said quite a bit in the review but um not a bad comparison it's not a bad comparison and i I believe i said this the review was a while back but i believe i said this in the review but i'd stand by it even more strongly now after having the record for nine months or however long it's been um I think I said then if Radiohead released this record, it would be hailed as the best thing they've done since at least in Rainbows, if not OK Computer. And I and I strongly think that. In fact, it. Uh, I think it would be. I think people might say Kid A because people like to say how great Kid A is, and people think that's mm-hmm. now kind of considered the. Cl- I think people. I I think people who like OK Computer probably you know if people who remember Radiohead as that band. Mm. I think people would say this is the best Radiohead album since OK Computer. Yeah. I think yeah. I'd say it. Yeah, I, th- I think I would. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I mean, fuck me, I love Radiohead and they've released some, in, like, absolutely, I mean, something like Hell to the Thief, I think Hell to the Thief is so great. I yeah, really underrated. I fucking love Moonshake Pool. It's, so, it's fantastic. Yeah, Moonshake Pool is really good. And, um, you know, and that's even within that kind of, like, the Kid A and Amnesiac, like, uh, sort of one, two they did as well. It's, mm-hmm you know yeah, like excellent. got so much shit at the time but it's aged so well yeah it really um has. but i don't think any of them are as good as this record nope i'd agree i agree um and i also think it's quite unlike any other album i've heard really even though it, it has ele- like really strong elements of say a Radiohead in some ways then then there's almost like cult of luna-esque bits where it's really heavy and goes just just sounds really oppressive i suppose and then there's bits of yeah there's a lots and lots of post-rock i mean i broadly call her name as color a post-rock band but you know i mean there's a lot of things that are very it's, un it's way like. more catchy than 90 percent of post-rock though yeah because yeah it, like i said the riffs are they're catchy they're actually you know the they're they're choruses that get in your that you know like let me spin to the ground like a drill that yeah. that refrain yeah. It will never leave my head. Do yeah, you know what I mean, it's yeah. like it, it's such a big. I know it's the one I keep using, but I think it's probably the the big the biggest moment. On, well, of like kind of in terms of memorable lyrics on the record, there are a few. There I are mean, a few, to Frontier be fair. has one of the most beautiful couplets I've ever heard, which was "Time will make your heart stop beating. Time will bring you back to me." Mm. <laughs> oh, uh, a moment of clarity as that sound as the crunch of the human spirit breaking. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> you know like just the the manner that these words are put together and the poetry with which they're put together um it's uh it's I, i'm not gonna go as far as to say that i think tom is as much of a brilliant orator as nick cave but i think he has the odd lines where you go if nick cave wrote that he'd probably be quite happy with that yeah. you know i think that sound is the crunch of the human spirit breaking is very like a beautifully poetic thing yeah um and 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 yeah you were mentioning um robert and gerda earlier as well you know it, a lot of this record is very very down and despondent i think it's a massive a, a lot of it is to do with mental health and and kind of um how intolerable and suffocating that can be um but then there are these moments of absolute beauty and light like 
the end of Robert and Gerd. I mean, the whole track Robert and Gerd is eight minutes and 40 seconds mm. and the beginning and the end are so totally different from yeah. each other. It starts as a really depressing song and then turns into the most beautiful, sunny, uplifting, wonderful piece of music. It's It's amazing. I think on the first listen, first listen through for me, that was the moment where I went, Okay, so this isn't just a good album. Mm, mm, mm. This is like, this is like a worldy. Yeah, Do you know what yeah. I mean? This yeah. is like as good as anything anyone's put out in this vein of music. Yeah, f- for fucking ever. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't have anything bad to say about it, really. Neither. I think it's an amazing swan song. Um, I think it's. Um, a fucking shame that her name is Kara no longer a band but then at the same time what a beautiful full stop mm. yeah it's a shame they split up it's you know it's fucking anyway oh well oh well <laughs> I mean I said it all at the time don't split up and obviously you know they did um, they didn't they listen, to you. listen to me well why the fuck would you listen to me anyway <laughs> um, uh, but yeah it, it's your number one it's basically my joint number one. Sorry to be like non-committal about it, but it's basically my joint number one. That's and it, it, it has been driving me fucking mad. Everything else was sorted, but it has been dri- between those two, it's been driving me fucking mad. Because how do you compare those two records? I think clipping is a very good choice to go with, bearing in mind that you knew full well that I probably would have her name as Kyla's number one. Yeah. So it makes it a little bit more interesting. <laughs> the right act communal album of the year is almost uh, is well, like almost yeah, uh, is, is definitely her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, if we had to pick, if you sat in now and we went, we're going to pick one that is officially the right act album of the year. That's it. Yeah. Because obviously you haven't had clipping in your top twenty at all. So I would deviate, and I would be more than happy. To, yeah. For for that to be the the situation. So, but there what you an, go. what an excellent juxtaposition between those two records, like clipping and her name is color. And I think I'm actually very happy that it's happened like that because. Mm. Uh, shows the breadth and well i think you know the records that we've talked about uh, 2019 has ended up being amazing Mm. and like i said i for me that top five of nick cave swans linguita note her name is karen clipping i honestly not sure i can think of another time where i've had records that i think are just as i mean you know as as discussed i don't enjoy listening to all of them and Mm. all Mm. the time but Mm. in terms of records that i admire I don't know that there's ever been five records of that quality. I mean, you have to understand that usually we we just have to stick to rock, punk and metal. Mm. So I think maybe had we not have been doing that over the years, that might have been a little bit different potentially. Mm. But um, but yeah, I think that's as strong as that's as strong as anything. That's a very strong top five, actually, when you put it like that. Yeah. And yours, you know, like um, her name is Kala Tall. Fucking, <laughs> yeah. uh, St. Pierre's uh, Snake Evasion, yeah. Microwave, and um, Nick Cave. Mm. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> the problem is, Renfrey, will any of them make them into our forthcoming album of the decade podcast? I'd imagine so. We're doing the top 20 albums of the decade. That's going to be the next big thing that we're going to be doing. So that's coming soon. 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 Let's not, say soon. Not next week. Uh, probably the week after or so, isn't it? Or we might just whack yeah. it out. I think we're going to whack it out like a sort of treat. We'll just whack it out like a special. Yeah, okay, good. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, we appreciate that. Congrats to Her Name is Kala and Clipping for being our album albums of albums. the year. And uh, we will be back next week with a little Q&A session. Yeah, Q&A show. Yeah, so get, quite a short one. get over to our 
social media and ask us some questions. We would appreciate that and we'll answer them. Don't be too personal. <laughs> I think we've kind of covered all that stuff uh, already, to be fair. But um, big shout out to the guys at Musicism for giving us all the stuff. Go over to musicism.net to sign up for your courses. They are £9.99 a month. And we shall see you next week.